episode 70 of the nfp podcast presented by 3d entertainment the nfp podcast is brought to you by riverside dodge the official truck sponsorship and dealer of the show as well as hooked up enterprises as the official in arena gear of the nfp podcast that of course wrangler the official clothing sponsor of the show wrangler along live the cowboys we can't forget our good crew at the czar lake bolorama coming up just around the corner july 21st a tier one event that just uh, announced that they're gonna have some new bucket shoots this year so we'll get into all that stuff as we go out through the show but before we do all that stuff we got tons to talk about a lot of action boys all over the map we've been rolling lots of bull riding rodeo action i mean it's been balls to the walls for everybody around these parts of the nfp world so let's get to it. Boys, what's up? Jason Davidson joins us. How are you, buddy? Good, LT. Just trying to figure out who was famous at war number 70 in the NHL. That's Nobody worth one. mentioning. Uh, no. Goalie, maybe? No, not even a goalie. Yeah, there was one, uh, but he isn't worth mentioning. Can't even remember his name. Scott Bernadies, that's a hornet. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was more of a notable that if that's okay, you cocksuckers, if you're comparing me to 70, no one you've ever heard of, I am a fucking legend with the Hornets. I'm a Hornet legend. The number one, the number one. Jason, what's new, buddy? What's you been doing since we last talked? Two weeks, so right before Is Regina. It? Right before Regina oh. is the last time we talked. Well, I've talked to you plenty since, but yes. I guess not in this format, no. huh? Yeah. Um. Oh, draft. It was in Nashville. Went down to the draft. Yeah, a couple nights in uh, Smashville there. It was rocking. It was a Tuesday, Wednesday night I was there. Um, yeah, I think that town's kind of like Vegas. It don't matter what day of the week you're there. It's uh, it's full up. But, yeah, they did a great job. It was a good time. Um, had some work to do. But other than that, uh, we did get up, out onto Broadway for a little bit. Um Billy Garen, the he gave a shout out to Tootsies up on the stage nice. night one of the draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his eyes looked like he had been there for three days. <laughs> yes. Did you have anybody uh drafted? Yeah, yeah. We had uh, a kid go to Seattle in the third and a kid go to Toronto in the fifth. So Caden Price from the Kona Rockets, the defense factory of the Western Hockey League. He went to Seattle, and then Hudson Malinowski, um, a kid here from Saskatoon that really was a late bloomer, like really late bloomer. Um, uh, he went to Toronto. He's got an uncle. Um, we're going to have to get on the pod here. Rusty Malinowski, world champion wakeboarder. Um, I met him down there. And, uh, yeah, cool dude, man. I thought it was Chuck Liddell, actually. <laughs> when I first saw him, I'm like, what the What's Chuck Liddell doing with the draft? But anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was cool. So he's a pretty cool guy. We'll have to. I'll get you to search him up, and you yeah. can tell me if you think he's. Uh, I think he definitely fits the hashtag <laughs> NFP mold. Fits the real beauty. Scott Burns with us again, my guy. What's up, buddy? 
giving her shit, trying to get some hand on. It was so fucking hot on here here on Sunday that I was sweating like a whore in church. It was like <laughs> fucking unreal. Anyway, been haying between rain and whatever else we're getting her wrapped up today. Pardon the pun, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, went to Regina. Um, yeah, just been following you and watching everything that's going on at Pinoca. God, I miss that rodeo. Oh, I yeah. for some I phoned your dad actually. I said, I don't know what it is, but this year I'm missing Pinoca. I could go there tomorrow. Yeah, it was great. But, yeah, yeah just uh doing that kind of stuff. Getting ready to go to nationals. Dylan's going to National High School finals here. We're leaving on the 14th, so trying to get everything in line to hit the road for 12 days. Beauty. Before we get into Pinoca, which uh, I'll probably get into because that's what I've been up to, uh, everybody has been reaching out, Scott. A lot of concern, a lot of worries. Uh, you had to leave the podcast last time and go get your horse. Did you Did you find your horse? Is everything okay with the horse and your wreck that you had on the go? Well, first of all, it's nice to know that our NFP – gang fans care that's the best part and yes we got him gathered everything's fine and back to normal as normal can be around here so we're good we're good thanks thanks to everybody that reached out good good to hear i've been uh as you mentioned scott at the Pinoca stampede kind of uh went off the radar there for a little bit it's uh Busy. I don't know if he'll do that to you. Oh, fuck. And it's like afternoon perps, right? So yeah. you're you wake up, you have breakfast, and then by that time it's time to get ready for the rodeo. So in your rodeo, and then it's four o'clock, you do supper and the days away. And then in between that, there's always some good times, as you guys know. So uh <laughs> it's fun. We were we got to camp out and uh Brett Manet right beside all, us, Ty Prescott. What do you mean, group. as you guys would know? It was all business for Scott and I back in the nineties. Sure. 2000s yeah i can fucking imagine hey i learned this lifestyle from somewhere and you guys may have been a part of that uh so yeah no it's tons of fun though and like you know scott and jason the kind of the crew that that's involved there right it's been the same people for a lot of years and everybody kind of parks in the same spot and you know everybody there all the stories and you sit around the Literally like the old school, sit around a campfire and fucking tell stories and hang out and you're in your campers and shit. So, and then the rodeo itself, my God, like the, yeah. the crowds and they've, they added that new suite and stuff up there. So it's just, you kind of forget until you're in it, how world-class that, that rodeo is. And then, um, all the, all the shindigs that go on in between. Hey, I got up on stage with Corblund again, boys, just so you know. <laughs> Did you yeah. sing? No, I didn't sing. So I can't, I'll tell the story. It's kind of funny. So. I probably told the story on here of when I went up on stage with him in PA. Yeah. Yeah. So so then we're sitting around the camp and, you know, having a few drinks and he's getting ready to play and he was texting us to come over and whatever. And he was at the rodeo and we did pretty good that day fighting the bull. That big gray was out. There's a video on Instagram that we had to save uh, Dakota butter on him. That thing's old school mean. You guys see those a lot, but there's not a bunch of those around anymore. So when you get one, you. You suck your hat down. But anyways, so we did a good job that day. And everybody's, you know, the bullfighters, you know, great job here at Padoka. Da-da-da-da-da. So we're having a good time. And I told everybody that I was going to go on stage. And I told Corp everywhere that I go that he's at. You won't know when it's coming, but I'll be on stage some way, somehow. <laughs> so we sneak back behind and Randy Quateri's there. 
and uh, he's doing all the video stuff. So I just went with him and and uh, stood at the side of the stage, and then he took his camera up and was getting a bunch of footage. And security's kind of looking at me like, what am I doing back here? So I started pretending like I was Randy's coach, and I was like showing him <laughs> where, where he's supposed to film and shit. So they're like, oh, yeah, he's with the camera crew. So uh, he comes off the stage, and he's like, okay, how are you going to do it? I'm like, I don't know. Should I just fucking walk up there? Or I got to, like try to make it somewhat cool and he's like well you gotta maybe get a drink and then when he's done his song you can go take him a drink and i was like okay but i couldn't go back to where you get drinks because i wouldn't be able to get back behind stage just so happens catering is luckily coming to bring them their food on their bus so that they have their food when they're done so i just I get in the hunker line with catering and I go on the bus with the, the catering crew and jump on the bus and I get on the bus and he's got a big old bottle of uh, Pendleton whiskey so I was like oh perfect here's my end so I grabbed that bottle come out of the bus and stand at the side of the stage and I stand right at the side and then Randy's right behind me and he's like gonna film me going up and the security guard sees like that something's going on and he's like hey uh I'm told that nobody's supposed to go on the stage and I said, oh, you just don't worry about that. And just walked past him. He finished his song and I walked up, Corb looked to his left. And he, and you know, you never know how they're going to take it, right? You're on like their stage. He doesn't know what's coming. He's just fucking, hey, buddy, he drops his guitar, gives me a big hug and um, takes a big slug of whiskey. And then he goes off, talks about the bullfighters and how, what we do at Padoka and how cool it is. And I give a wave and went to walk off the side and the band's like, hey, what about us? And then they all had a shot too and we all did that. Pendleton whiskey at a Alberta Springs rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing the PBR some good. Not a yeah. point. Yeah. So no, it was good. And then, uh, yeah, then we, me and Randy skinned out of there. But um, yeah, fun times like you guys know. And like that kind of that exact thing. Randy Couture, I haven't seen him for years and grew up. And we were, got to ride together. And he come up and did some unreal footage. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But you can oh, check yeah. it out on Instagram. He's talented, eh? Well, I've seen oh. his work. Fuck, he's good. Yeah, so that was fun. He was camped with us too, so we told some old stories and got to hang out. And he's coming up to Calgary as well. He's gonna follow JB around and do some footage with him. So yeah, it's cool. Good times. Panoka Stampede. My wife is doing it too <laughs> with the three. Three. How's mama? How's mama makes making out? <laughs> She's doing it. My Sunday scaries this week. We'll get into that at the end. But that, that was the waking up on Monday morning in Pinocchio. And you're one of the last campers there. We'll get into that in a bit. But ghosts no, and garbage. Ghosts yeah. and garbage. She's doing good. It's a lot of work with um we've done it with the two kids, the two girls, but they're older now, right? Four and seven. So they're kind of they're good to go. But a, a three month old on the road in a camper is is quite a bit of work. <laughs> as he chuckled. So, so hats off to Has she moved into the hotel at the Grey Eagle with you now? Oh yeah, we're good to go. It's nice now. We how does the uh, sleeping arrangements work? You got the two girls? Yeah, I got the two girls, and then she's got baby, but it's kind of musical fucking beds. Everybody's up and moving around. And Ruby ended up in the bed with Megan and baby last night, and then it was me and Lila. And yeah, Ruby it's... runs the show, I bet. <laughs> yeah, she does what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, this is very nice. We're now at the Gray Eagle and nice showers, um, be able to get some clean clothes. That always helps everybody's mindset, nice beds, and not in a camper. As fun as campers are, they get old pretty fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> is your camper in there ready to get placed at Calgary, or did you do that already? We did that. That was key, too. That was kind of, I was going to get into that, too, right? That's kind of like, you forget about that place, how cool it is, too, and you get in there and there's a bunch of shit happening and you drop your camper off and 
So are you down the barns and across that fancy bridge? Is that where you're parked? Yes. Crossing. Yeah. Right up by the barns there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where they got me this year. So looking forward to that. They don't let anybody camp down there anymore. So it was pretty cool with our newborn. They threw me a, threw me a bone and let us camp in there. So that was pretty nice. Where? Like in the, at the grounds, everybody camps out at Strathmore now. Oh, but but not your, not, not you guys like the yeah. contract act. no fuck There's no last year really... i was out at strathmore yeah like uh brett and those guys that's why lots of people don't camp they just go home or whatever they gotta oh, do because they would nobody like, can camp on that's the an hour drive from the grounds every day all the contestants that camp too they're all out at strathmore yeah yeah that's full I, on that's I knew the oh, contestants were. i'm glad we quit going scott yeah <laughs> i was lucky right to the end we were allowed to camp we started down on the river there that's not that the was village. the best yeah. that was I I enjoyed that. I used yeah, to get Chad Pegan to bring me his camper in. I did that a couple times. Well, and stayed and the, there. The the best part about that all is you could get super hooker pissed in the sponsor tent and get a guy in his dinghy yeah. to give you a ride back to camp. Sure, on the river. Awesome. Mike Lee, get Mike Lee to dinghy you down. <laughs> dinghy no. you down. Yeah. So yeah, we're parked in there now. So who's that guy naked early, in the river? Oh, that's the world champion, Mike Lee. Yeah, no shit. The uh, Our old pal that we talk about a lot on this here podcast made an appearance at the Pinocchio Stampede. TJ Baird, you guys, his old cowboy buddy, bullfighter there. Everybody that listens to this will know who he is, but I literally haven't seen him in probably 20 years since I was a little kid. So it was good to visit with him. We did an old school day with, I wore my uh, dad's full, uh, full gear makeup and then uh, Prescott put on the stars. And walked up to uh, TJ and Brett when they did Prescott stars for me. Walked up to TJ and he's like, "Hey, what do you think?" And he's like, "Holy fuck, those are nicer than any star I ever got on my face." <laughs> oh, there were some mornings I'll tell you what TJ and I'd be putting on the makeup, and I don't even know he'd be this is bad, bad. Oh, fuck uh, yeah. yeah. It was good, though. It's good to see him out and about, full crew there. With that throwback of uh, the makeup and everything we did, I got to bust out all my new hooked-up jerseys. I don't know if you guys seen those. I thought I was the most stylish guy there. All sorts of different jerseys every day. You see the pink? Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. liked it. Yeah, yeah. Really liked it. I like that one. Cool. It's got the button down. But that'll get us to our ad read for the biggest moments under the brightest lights and the biggest situations get hooked up hooked up enterprises is a creative partner for western sports and beyond providing customized arena wear for some of the rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of western sports most prestigious events they are the official in arena gear of the nfb podcast find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on facebook instagram and tiktok stand up stand out and stay hooked I want to add to that. Um, Brent, who is the the mastermind behind it all, I contacted him. He built me some jerseys for my clowning gigs or whatever, but he also uh, stepped up to the plate and built jerseys for the Canadian National High School Finals that are happening here in Brandon. And, uh, man, just worked with us, and he actually sponsored those jerseys. He added his uh, logo and stuff along with the NFP logo and the PBR Canada logo on there. What an outstanding guy. And I mean, fast, efficient, great to talk to. Loves the story behind your dad and being the first Canadian to fight at the NFR and all that kind of stuff. So 
anybody that's he does arena wrap he does flags he, he's building a bunch of flags for us for grand entry oh, sure. um yeah that oh. arena wrap he sent me some examples of that if any any rodeo is looking to have arena wrap for their fences and stuff it is amazing stuff so anyway great guy great company fast efficient and they have um you just kind of tell them what you're thinking and he goes to work and that's the best it, yeah because i can't design shit but i have like I want Scott, are, you getting, this, this, are you getting this, paid this. for this ad? Well, he he actually, I am in a roundabout way, not myself, but through some sponsorship and stuff. He just didn't even bat an eye. He's willing to help uh, do what he can and work with you in, in every aspect. So there you go. So I'll have to nice. Nicely done. Good. Uh, before yeah. we move on from Panoka, I was going to, it could be the full pro segment this weekend, but what they did for... Um, there was a boy named Darby, and it was the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and his wish was to be a cowboy for the day. And so they sent him to Pinoca, and he did the bullfighting stuff with us, as you can see online. But they just, like, went above and beyond. It was so cool what they did. Had him the one day dressed up as Ash, and he was in in the suite, and he was, like, Ash's assistant. So Ash would throw it up to him, and he'd dance for him. Um, he got to ride the horses through the, all the you know, the other horses and the cows and up mm-hmm. in the suites. I sent him to the Nansen's and he went and got to see the bulls and oh, it was just, yeah, pretty cool. It was uh hats off to the whole crew and like the make wish foundation, everybody that makes that stuff happen. Cause you guys have been in those situations with kids and that's like the, your ultimate fear in life is your kid to yes. have something like that. And yeah, so it was a very emotional time doing all that stuff as it's sad, but it's so great. Right. That kid uh, got to have the time of his life and that was all due to, to what they could do there. So that was pretty cool pretty amazing stuff yeah not just watching that the little tidbits we got online of all that you guys doing that and everything i i don't know whether guys getting older or what but it kind of tugs at your oh, yeah. at your heartstrings because you know what an amazing thing that's your wish and you get to fulfill it wow and to do that and see that happen and we all remember being kids and seeing the bullfighter that you know yeah. you've seen on tv and actually get to hang out with them that's a pretty cool thing so mm. Yeah, that was good. Um, Jason, did you have any signings that went on during the free agency? That looked like a wild time. It did. Yeah, we had uh, we got Connor Ingram done in Arizona on a three-year, a multi-year deal. Uh, Lane Peterson in Edmonton, a multi-year deal, two years for him on an NHL one-way contract. And Noah Juleson in Vancouver on a multi-year contract. So, yeah, it was good. Um, What's a one-way What's that mean? One way means just NHL money. Okay. A two way means if you're in the minors, you're making a AHL salary, which you negotiate as well. Okay. So no matter where Lane goes, like he's making NHL money. So good deal for him. Um, and then obviously, I think we talked about the Severson deal that got done prior. Did we do a pod since we got Severson? No, I don't know there? if we talked about that. No. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that one came early. That was a nice one. 50. 50 sheets for him over eight oh, years. So fuck. Like he's 50, happy. <laughs> yeah. Every paycheck. <laughs> so, oh, that yeah. guy's really doing it. 50,000. A couple guys are like, <laughs> why would you want to go to Columbus? And I'm like, well, I got 50 million reasons why I want to go to Columbus. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it was good free agency here for sure. That'll do it. That'll do it really yep. well. Bull riding side of things, I guess we should get into it. The uh, Regina PBR wrapped up. Um, the probably uh, best part about it are insights from us that 
makes us the most happy and Jason the most happy was probably the ending of it and the shoe procedure of Clay Robbins. <laughs> you seen how fast I drank that beer in your bullfighter room after dinner? Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, um, no, no comment. Sucks when people are leaving. <laughs> you try to get the yeah, last one. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> Ten ways to ruin the event. That's one through nine right there. <laughs> I Jason was pacing behind the shoots as that was all happening at on the left hand side there where I happened to be standing waiting to do the interviews or whatever. And uh there was like a two inch divot in his path, just like cattle of hundred headed cattle and <laughs> walked in one. He was oh man. So it was intense, AJD. Woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cities. Good event, though. Uh, Jordan Hansen comes out with the win, rides a bull called The Remedy, which uh, night one of the Great Eagle Casino, Cody Snyder, Bo Bustin, they took the win on him as well. Chad Hartman rode him last night to get a win. So, um, great. We, uh, should, we should tell Chad to actually duct tape his rain jacket shut because at the end of that. Well, it was flying. Think- Oh man, he's lucky he didn't go up over his face and yeah. get like wrap on him like a butt. Extra yeah, points, exactly. extra yeah. points right there. <laughs> um, and then after Regina, we rolled through probably the biggest um hot streak that's going right now is Nick Tetz. I would say he takes the win in Edgerton, yeah. rolls into Pinoca, doesn't do well at the bull riding, gets thrown off, uh, but then comes and wins the rodeo and was the only guy to ride in that four round. So Nick Tetz is, um, I think I've I've said it somewhere before, but he's got that next level into him now. He's kind of full pro mode and understands how good he can be. And when you get that confidence and pick to the team, I think you're going to see that kid do uh, do really great things. Braden. Yeah, I come off training camp there in Arizona two the week prior. I think doesn't hurt either. Mm-hmm. Braden fought Edgerton, and that's what he said when he got home. He said that that Nick is just next level. Like when he's looks at you, he's almost staring right through you. He's so focused on what he's going to accomplish this year. So it's good to see. Good to see. He's definitely on top of his game. Yeah. And your confidence, right. It just grows and grows once you start getting into those different situations in the world finals and team stuff and on tour. Yeah. And then when you come back, it's, you know, you're laser focused and can ride. So yeah, he's doing really well. Um, and then our, uh, our young LBRT custom fencer, our young boy <laughs> Stefan Tanita, takes the championship at the Pinocchio PBR. Yeah, nice check. I yeah. paid him, yeah, just shy of 8000 I think, I put in his bank account this week. So do I, they I'm get gonna... the, sorry, Scott, do they get the money, like the, the ground money, since there was only three rides? Is there ground money at PBRs? Or how does yeah. that work? Yeah. So they'd get all the pot, the, the three yeah. of them. Yeah. But gonna... the stock contractors get the championship round money, so they don't get it all. That's What's a rule the in the U.S. They brought money? it. Well, if nobody stays on the championship round money, the money allocated for the uh, average goes to the contractors. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, that's new. That's new. They might be getting a lot of money the way these bulls are bucking. Yeah, yeah well, they rode it's... some last night, though. Yeah, I made Look. some good rides last night. Really good rides last night. And it was raining and shitty. We had to postpone it. Um, and then we skipped the intros and just started bucking bulls. Uh, Prescott might have missed the first bull, it happened so fast, and then we just went. To, <laughs> went to... You know what? I talked to the champ this morning, and he said he'd never seen anything like it. How it was coming down. Hey, Scott, do uh, you remember Calgary one year when the ground was moving away at the shoots? Yeah, 100%. That's the first time they'd stopped the rodeo. 
Really? And, yeah, he said then, as long and, as he'd been there. And canceled the wagons that night. So yes, that's, that's right. You know, uh, big time. It, you know, you know that uh, be the far north end where we walk out, Tanner, and warm up in that far yep. alley. Yep. The water, it wasn't running down there. It was full-on creek. Ah. Yeah, it was bad. It was yeah, I think bad. Cody said the beer gardens, I seen them rolling with a big old tube and a pump, and the beer gardens was flooding, and then the shark cage is fucking filled with water. And yeah, it was a bit oh, of a boy. shit show for a bit. But How long did you stop block, for? Half an hour. And then it was kind of like, what are we going to do? And then there were the, like there was no lightning, but they were worried about lightning. And yeah. everybody's dressed and ready, and it's like fuck it, let's just start bucking them. Like there was nobody in the crowd, but they were all still in the event center, and they had a live stream that they were going to show in the event center for all the people. So I was like, well, what else are we yeah. going to do? Buck, let's go. And I mean, pouring down. I wore one of those black Cody Snyder bull bust and cowboy hats. You know the ones that the, <laughs> the beer girls and shit wear. <laughs> kept, kept the rain off me and. um <laughs> Actually, we all did. Me and Peacock and Junior, and uh, I, I just tacoed mine in the front and the back, so the rain would go off of it. Peacock <laughs> left his like the bar girls would do it, and then Junior tried to like shape his, and he had it like straight flat, and it, you know he's got such a big head, and it kind of didn't fit on his head, so it's kind of cocked off a little bit. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> I got of it. Uh-huh. Um, I just want to back up a bit to Stefan winning that Pinocchio deal. Yeah. If there's any if there's any kid that that I can see right now that needed that win, it's him. Oh, hundred percent. He kind of fell off the face of the earth there for a bit and well, he was wasn't starting entering. Rides, it just wasn't yeah, well he went it. south and then he came home and then he kind of took a took a hiatus. He took a little break yeah. there and everybody didn't know if he was done or what he was gonna do. And he yeah. got a job working construction. And um and then yeah, out that sucked. Fuck yeah, real life work sucks, bro. <laughs> So then he, uh, yeah, he got his shit lined out and then um, came back and he was telling me last night that he was having hell at his construction job and they were all fucking giving it to him about being a bow rider and all that stuff. And he said he took his, took all of his belt and everything to his boss and said, here you go. And I'm never coming back. He said, where are you going? He said, I'm going riding bulls. <laughs> like you say, Scott, best time for him to win. Yeah. Now, you know, he's got that confidence and feels that he can win and made the right decision coming back speaking of confidence and and winning did you guys see stetson wright's post from two days ago i just i everybody was talking about it last night but i haven't got a chance to see it yet but it was about a rewrite or what was it yeah yeah he was in mandan and uh he had that bull of chad's dr campbell he was real exotic out there the bull's getting kind of sour and he was 86 sitting second, but the bull stumbled so he got a rewrite and he took the rewrite but they ran that bull back in Oh. And yeah, and I and I and I no surprise Stetson took the rewrite. I watched him do it at the NFR when he had a check in the bank, you know. And uh, that bull was completely gar, as we used to call it back in the nineties, mm-hmm. out of line in his second trip, and he ended up getting bucked off. And then he made a post just um the fact that where he is in the standings, which is a very respectable number two in two events prior to Cowboy Christmas that he doesn't ride for second he rides for first yeah. which today he is the number one man in the world in the bull riding um sage newman had a heck of a um cowboy christmas so and and uh kind of padded that lead in in the number one spot in the saddle bronc riding so why did they run that bull in again well that's a rodeo. i think we 
there used to be a PBR rule. I'd have to ask Big R. I don't think you um, can anymore. You can't anymore. No. No. You used no. to be able to. If, yeah, used if to be. something happened, it was up to the contractor if they wanted to bring him back. So it must be still a rodeo and rodeo. Like if a, a flank came off or if something right. happened, you used to be able to bring it back. But Hipped now, himself, kind of, yeah. whatever. If it was quick. Yeah. The, the, but Stetson rode this bull, you know, for eight seconds and then whatever, a second and a half, two seconds to get off, and they brought him back. Yeah, and then he was, you can see the video, I think, somewhere. It was pretty gross, his second trip. <laughs> Dang it. Pretty gross. Yeah. gross. That's the one I've seen, yeah. So about Stephen. speaking of rights, do it right. Yes, do it right. right. Yeah. As I've said on podcasts before, who the fuck is Stuart Wright? There you go. 20,000, I think he smoked him for on the fourth. Yeah. And then young Statler is finally uh, knocking on the door of the top 15. He he chipped away. Uh, Ryder um, obviously was hurt. He broke some ribs there prior to the fourth. Is Stuart another brother, though? Stuart is Cody's youngest brother. So he'd be like Stetson and them's uncle. Yes, correct. Jesus Murphy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Full crew. Hey, did Rusty get hurt? Rusty right? Rusty had to get the rod out of his leg that he had put in. It was causing too much pain. So he had to pull that get that pulled out, which yeah, it's gonna leave him on the sidelines for a while. That that is a fact. Like when Braden broke his leg, they said those rods would never have to come out. Yeah. That kid that kid would almost be in tears and I'd kind of be like, wow, no, that's good. You know, just walk her through. Walk it off, boy. Walk it off. But I tell you what, he got those rods pulled and it, they were causing him lots of pain. So I get uh-huh. what, what he's yeah. saying. Get him I never here. looked. Did anybody see who was the big cowboy Christmas winner? Well, it's still on. Still rolling. Yeah. Right. Still, uh, still kicking. Zeke was at three rodeos yesterday and uh, Cody. Yeah, but they have everything them. updated from last night. Yeah, okay, I think I so. Know. Zeke's sitting number three. Um, how about that usually... Panoka? Yeah, that was how, awesome. How about that guy is a freaking nature? Oh, I mean shit. that with respect, obviously. Yeah. Do you guys see I went live on the NFP page for it? I tuned in. Yeah, nice. Have I? Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah, nice. Who is your little buddy? Who is your little buddy? His name is his name's Dylan, and he is um, Zeke's. Super fan. He has Zeke's shirt and and follows Zeke. And if you go on his Instagram, and his he lives for lives for Zeke. So Zeke did him a solid by by bringing him back behind the shoots, and he was on the top rail on the back. Yeah. And then every time Zeke would ride, he'd make me video for him. Dad, can you video from the shoots? Because I could go on the shoots, and I was like, well, fuck, just you come with me. We'll we'll show you something pretty cool. So I go. We got. I took him up there early, and we stood like to shoot right in front that Zeke was going to be coming out of in that four round. And the four round, there's not very many people behind the shoots because there's only four guys in every event. So it kind of clears out, which is nice. So we got to watch the whole thing. But yeah, go live on the uh, on the NFP page and everything worked out great. Uh, Dylan got to go crazy and see his idol go 92 as close as you can get to it. And then uh, got a high five from Wayne Vold and everything. Did you guys see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that. that yeah, best. that was yeah. cool. Yeah. We got to so, get Wayne cool. on. We need yeah. to get yes, Wayne on. We do. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. He... he Dylan is to Zeke what uh, Tyler Thompson was to um, Abram. Abram. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? exactly right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at the shirts and got all the gear and um, oh, yeah, it's yeah. cool to see. Would have made his would have made his life, that's for sure. But yeah, going back to Zeke, like fuck, he just ran the show there. Like you know, he had it all lined out. It was fun watching as an athlete, like watching him 
get ready and then watching him behind the shoots and like the little steps that he goes through with, with his jacket and then his shops and then his saddle. And he's like, calm, cool, collected, and then just fucking slide up there and smash one for yeah. 92. He just can like, drive them his... feet to the front oh. end on a rank one. Yeah. Looked good. I, yeah. I, that is good too, but I like, <clears throat> pardon me. I like the way Zeke snaps his head. Like, you know what I mean? He yeah, yeah. throws that chin back, you know, and yeah. kind of plays. Getting, getting points, bit. baby. Getting yeah. points. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was a good yeah. Brock ride, too. It was a 90 and an 89. I think Sage Newman was in there, too, and Chase Brooks. So that was good watching. I definitely, like we talked on this, Brock riding fans nowadays. But that was uh, that was good watching all week. Those Bronc riders put on a show again. I wonder if, like, going rolling into Pollockville, I don't even know what's added there. Is it 20,000? I don't know what that is. The extreme Bronx, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering like if if they start reaching deeper into horse pens now, just to yeah. make that like it's pretty special that event there. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, like right in the middle of a pasture and they yeah, just they bring them in. Packed on. I'm gonna tell you what's added there. Just hold it's tight. It's safe kids. to say that Canadians dominated the rough stock end of Pinoca. Yeah, it was good. Mean? Yeah. There wasn't too many American guys that came up for the for the board, well, it's tough over the, over the it's the tough over yeah. the fourth. The money is great, but you know, there's one headers down there paying twelve thousand. Yeah, to yeah. win, yeah. and then you got that foreign withholdings and the exchange. So you're riding for fifty cents on the dollar, basically. That's after no you get up here, yeah, yeah, it's fun. And that's no fun. Go in the USD butters. I don't know if we talked about him. He won the the PBR in Clooney. And um, and then speaking of American guys coming up, we got some cool contenders here at the Gray Eagle with Boudreaux Campbell's up here and Dale and Swearingen. Um, young Gage. kid last night, I can't remember what Gage is up here. Gay, um, what the hell is that? Cole, Cole, somebody, Cole, something. This kid smashed Langham kid last night for eighty nine, I think it was, and I mean stuck it on him, spared him, made a hell of a bull ride. So Broncos, if you're listening, fifty thousand. Added in Pollockville, fifty k, fifty thousand. Yeah, there we go. That must be new. Yeah, you're gonna win What's... fifteen thousand out of there if you win it, right? Yeah, you should call it thirty percent, right? Fuck, yeah, maybe you... I should enter. Oh, oh there, there you go. Entry fees. Oh no, there'll be entry. here. How much are fees? Scott's in. <laughs> Doesn't tell you how much fees are. Used to tell you how much entry fees are, didn't it? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe. Yeah, back in the old days, you used, used to? to see what fees were in the entry list. Oh, yeah, here we are, $200. So that'll add to the pot. So that'd be another five grand, right? 55000 Beauty. You think I could ring Zeke up and get him to give me a couple pointers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think see Zeke's that kind of guy. Saddle. <laughs> he would love to help you. Hey, yeah. can I borrow your rain, bro? As yeah. long as he can watch you. As long as he can be right there and watch you, I think he'd be all over it. Oh, good mark fuck. out. Just good mark out. That's all it takes, Scott. <laughs> Start him oh. strong. Start him strong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jason, are you coming out here to the Gray Eagle at all? Yeah. Yeah. Thursday. Cool. Yeah. Coming for the day? Coming for the day. Got a VIP guest with me. He's picking me up at the airport. Old Nick DeLuco, the billing manager at Rogers Place. Talk some business and watch some bull riding. And yeah, and then I'll come out next week for the biggest, greatest outdoor show on earth, the Calgary Stampede. Are you Calgary Stampede. No, sir. What I do stay you do on the backside Calgary? of the arenas now. Do you? Yes, what do you, sir. What's safer. your plan? 
Just take the only time I get in the arena is for you, you crumb. <laughs> well, for what? Me? Oh, when you do my best. Yeah. No, you meant when I get mowed down or something. Throw a hat. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, hats are too expensive. Fuck yeah. Speaking of that, I seen you get fucking absolutely plowed there at Pinoca. Was that in the short round? Or oh, I joined the right or afterwards. There- <laughs> <laughs> I heard you got plowed afterwards several times, but no, there was something. You were kind of going through there, and that bull kind of swapped around. Oh, that was sure. That was Stefan. That was he. Oh, was sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He just kind of half kind of came off, hung up, but I didn't think that thing was actually too <laughs> too mean. And I just put two hands on him, and boom! Fuck! It hit me so hard in the chest that it made my hips hurt. <laughs> well, he's yeah. That's about eighteen hundred and fifty oh, pounds yeah. smoking you there. The I seen you kind of. I seen you kind of hop skip out of there. I didn't know if he stepped on a foot or what he did, but. Stood all over top of me. Trying to catch up to your air. Yeah. <laughs> Stood all over top. Of me. I was looking up at him at one point. I'm like, oh, you're way too big to be standing on top of me. And he's not mean enough that he'll like blow through you. And fucking, he just stayed, stayed on top. He might just hit you and then stand on you by accident. Yeah. yeah. But I figured I did a good job because Stefan was like half hung up and it got me instead of Stefan. So that's the main thing. We rolled actually pretty good. Uh, it was some of the funnest bullfighting that I've got to do all week or all my whole career was with uh, Brett and. Brett and Prescott in Pinoca. Well, it's a nice big arena there. there. Yeah. Yeah. We had some good, like all those Kessler Bulls are good and hot too. Came from Marchant. So they buck. We had some work to do. Really bucked. Yep. They got a good set of bulls. Really good set of bulls. Old school, big, fucking big horns. It's like the old school Kessler Penner Bulls, but everything fucking bucks full on. Like everything's good. That, that devil's advocate. Yeah. He's the real deal. That is, I, well, I, ironically talked to tj yesterday and he brought that up and he said you know that is the you know jason when you went through like karumba and all those bulls that would just drop a shoulder and knew exactly where they were putting guys and heaven on earth heaven on earth you know sixes all that walk on walk on that bull there i watched that several times that replay and and you know just drop a shoulder. He knew exactly where he put that guy, and mm-hmm. you picked him deadly and deep, and he punched you out of there. But he wasn't done. He, he's like, "Who's this guy in the pink shirt? I'm just gonna yeah. cold trail him to the." Who's shoot. this guy with the really long legs? Because I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna scoop him. Yeah, and he punched Prescott pretty good too. Oh, like, I thought it knocked him out. Then because it hit him in the hit him in the hip, kind of right, and spun him, and then underneath of his arm, and then into the yeah. shoots. And I mean, fucking smoked him, then kicked him when he was down, when he was going by him. And then I was like, oh, God, he's fucking asleep, and we're going to have to fucking fight this thing to keep him away from Prescott that's down. <laughs> but, yeah, he means it. And in the shoot, and that's the thing with him. And he box Like, he's rank. You're going to be yeah. handy. You know, like, he's got he's got every attribute, I think, that a bull uh, can and should have. Do you, sure. do you know how old that bull is, by chance? I don't know. Probably five or six, I would say, because he yeah. was around last year, and the, I think he was around the year before that, too. Yeah. But really came into his own last year, I would say, and then this he's year tiny. Yeah, tearing he's it up. Tiny. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got a little size to him. Yeah. Well, I talk to Chase and get him out for one. Do you yeah. do you guys remember the bull Fear Me of Gerlitz's? Big yeah, but he wasn't bull. very big. Didn't they have did no. Jesse freestyle him a few times? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. The, he the went to Saint Tite. He went yeah, to okay, back. yeah. So that's where I'm leading to this. I Ryan Rodriguez, who used to clown up here quite a bit. Uh, that bull went out to St. Teat and, and Ryan obviously clowned out there. And we're, I was talking to him a year later and he goes, you know, 
We don't call that bull fear me out there. We call him fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my first trip out there, I went out there and there was Karumba and a few of those other Gerlitz bulls that were not fun. And then a whole bunch of bar VF bulls that were just like, well, no one wanted to get on them here. That's why they were there. So I had to have a chat with Sylvan. I'm like, if you're trying to build bull riders, this pen ain't doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we fought every one of them. You had to. Every yeah. single one of them. Yeah. I remember I got hired and then let go from Pinocchio and then went back for several years after that. But that first year, of course, nervous. First time to Pinocchio. You got let go in Pinocchio? Yeah, what'd you do there? I didn't do anything. They just what'd you get they wanted doing. <laughs> no, they I think what they really wanted was a CFR bullfighter there. And I hadn't got the CFR yet, so I took I got uh, took a year off, and then I got the CFR and went back for I don't know how many years, a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got caught out in the middle with Karamba in that big arena, and uh, what an awful feeling! Like, <laughs> wow! Make your butthole pucker. Fuck! I was just crying. Oh my god, this is not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner's butters was going down in the hole, and that thing was looking for him before he was even yeah. hitting the ground. I was like, "Here we go, boys!" Did butters <laughs> warm him up? Yeah, I got around there. He, he went out, he usually right in the door to the right, went out two, went left, and Butters welled yeah, himself. And um, yeah, right down underneath of his head. And I just closed my eyes and grabbed a hold of both of his horns and hoped for the best. <laughs> Punched me out. And uh, but that, yeah, go, but that's right. Like he, he knew exactly where Butters was because he was still on that left lead, turning back, and Butters came off kind of mm-hmm. and cut out in front. That bull just stopped dead and just oh, yeah. kind of fucking annihilate him head down and coming yeah and luckily as you guys know too when they're mean when they're that mean it's sometimes a lot better because they'll fucking pick their head up when they want to come right because they're just trying to hook everything that they can like you've seen him just shaking his head and fucking just wanting to kill anything so yeah yeah. no it worked out worked out good we did her um ad read boys Riverside Dodge. Riverside Dodge of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is home of the award-winning Ram Truck. They are the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck until I'm Tanner, Squat, or Jason say ya. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFP podcast. When you hey. smiling about Scott, you got something. <laughs> hey, Jason. Uh, yes, when sir. you were down in Nashville at the draft there, do I got any any talented line mates coming to the Hornets? They, who, what, what round did we pick there? Oh. Who, who you guys tried to trade team. up. You guys tried to trade up from the 3047th pick, but then nobody was listening. Hey, well, almost got Bedard. Almost got Bedard. Almost, almost. How yeah. about that kid? Wow. How was that? Was it the Bedard show, Jason, through and through, or was it yeah cool for everybody? Yeah, or? well, it was. Everybody knew what was going to happen, obviously. But yeah, it's it was a good. It was deep that first round. There's some good players. Um, this was a good draft for teams. You can tell when it's not. It doesn't go in the order everybody says it is. That teams see players a little bit differently. So. Yep um but yeah it was uh yeah there's gonna be probably i bet you i'm gonna go out we should ask arm dog this i'm gonna say uh minimum three maybe four or five players 
play this year. This year, sweet. Yeah, yeah that's supposed and to that's be a, deep, that's a big. That's a pretty big number. That. That's yeah. a pretty big number to play in the National Hockey League. First year. Okay, I got to go back. I forgot against three about Stefan after he won the Morans. So those that know Stefan know he's quite the card. And the next morning, I roll up for kind of lunch, brunch-ish up at the Pinocchio at the rodeo grounds to the to the food stand there. You guys know by the shoots. And uh, he's standing there, and he's just got himself a Gatorade and a cheeseburger. And I walked over, and I said, uh, good job, bud. You know, like, fuck, won your first event. Pretty cool. Made some money. And. You did pretty good. You get how much do you think you got out of there? Did you get the whole deal? And he's like, Well, more than I've ever won. <laughs> I said, Right on. Good, good, good. And then he's kind of stares at me for a minute and he's like, shows me his food and his gator. And he's like, Tell you the truth, Tatter. Um, I'm just trying to sober up. I got a little drunk this morning by accident, had some beers. I was celebrating again, and I'm just trying to sober up here. <laughs> <laughs> was he riding at the rodeo that day? No, no, he wasn't. Oh, oh then yeah, that's just, I was like, Jody, keep rolling, buddy. You just Steve Turner that just kept going. You're winning, man. That's winning. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, okay, but speaking of that, that little log cabin there. Tell me, you had the good old poutine there? Oh my god, the burger, oh, like just rodeo that's... burger, poutine, the fries, the skinny fries, like Ooh. from that. From that, I can't even remember. I haven't been there for. Well, I guess PBR, but we used to always, Scott, didn't we kick the event off with PBR like on a Tuesday? Yeah, I used to yes. be like a Tuesday, Wednesday, the Jace Hardy. Used yeah. To be. Was Dewey's How place. many people for the bull ride? Oh, 10,000. Pulled it out, I heard, yeah. Fuck, it was packed, man. It was great. Atmosphere, it was fucking, yeah, it was full on. It was really, really cool. Just well, didn't PBR stay fans, on bulls, sorry, but... they only rode three. Yeah, that was the, the shitty part of it. But the, yeah, like the. How many did they ride the rodeo, packed. though? I don't even know. I'm not sure. Not many more. Not a bunch. I eight, think it was maybe seven yeah, or total. eight. Yeah, over the week, seven or eight, and then three guys rode in the four round, and they drew one back. Jordan Hansen came back on time for the four round. So yeah, yeah, yeah she's tough sledding all around right now. They're not riding bulls, but that gets Lots us of money into up our here next in one. the next yeah. little bit. Lots of money. Yeah, these guys got to get. Get up here and get to it. There's money to be won. But you seen guys like last night take advantage and made a bunch of good bull rides. So there's a lot of money at this Gray Eagle. Twenty thousand added a day. Yeah, eighty day. grand. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I got my rope rosin up just in case I get the call. <laughs> Your first so. alternate, second alternate. <laughs> yeah. If I'm riding, JD's fighting. So there we go. Only the muleys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a good mule. There's a muley for you guys. His name's Blue Magic. He's he's uh he'd be pretty Oh good. yeah. Yeah. I know that bull. <laughs> yeah. We know that bull. Yeah, he's the real deal. It'd be a good muley for you guys to bust out of. <laughs> okay, we should get into our segments now, guys. guys have any uh sunday scary stories for us or what las vegas waking up after stanley cup (laughs) then sitting at the airport because you're delayed for three and a half hours Mm -hmm. the only good point and part of it was arm dog was there our next guest (laughs) you did get us you got us a pod (laughs) yeah i want to take it back to i was thinking of you on sunday and i actually said to brayden i wonder if you guys left Sunday or stayed 
and those big rodeos that are so there's just so much fun packed in for you know seven eight days and if you the fatal mistake is staying sunday night and waking up that monday morning and all you can hear is the garbage truck picking up fucking the garbage the seagulls and the odd trailer pulling out of there that is the worst sunday scary and if you're hung over on top of that mm -hmm. it's like where's the rope let's put a slip knot in that motherfucker and get it over with <laughs> how many hungover cheeseburgers have you ate at the Pinocchio mcdonald's who me yeah yeah you probably one or two 14 yeah 15. <laughs> i've had a, i've had a few too that's oh, funny, yeah. Scott. That's what I had wrote down for the Sunday scaries was this uh was this Monday. Cause uh like we were just waiting around to come to the Grey Eagle, so we had that day to do it. But so we were like, you're fine. At least that one you didn't just get shit faced and try to keep the party going and then you wake yeah. up and you're literally the only one there, and it's like why well, I shouldn't be here and you're like supposed to be doing other things. So yeah. that that part of it was fine. It wasn't the scary part of that, like where you're you hate your life and you think you're a loser. Uh, yeah. This one was like you say, though, just like all that fun filled week of yeah. great times. And then you wake up on that Monday and you're the only one still there. And then it's like you, uh, you're dirty because you've been in your camper and you're showering, but not really because they're camper showers. All your clothes are dirty. We didn't really yeah. know where we were going to go that Monday because we didn't get into the Grey Eagle till Tuesday. So, yeah, 100%. That's your that's your Sunday scaries for the week. It was just. Uh -oh. I'll tell you my worst one was the year I retired and um, my last Calgary stampede that Sunday night was terrible. Just knowing, you know, never coming back. They left those big arena lights on all night and mm. uh, I didn't sleep awake, just kept waking up thinking, wow, you know, but couldn't get that trailer hooked up fast enough Monday morning to get the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah. And then add to it, like Megan's tired, kids are tired, screaming. Fuck. It doesn't it doesn't make for any domestics whatsoever. <laughs> never, <right>? never, man. <laughs> never. <laughs> so that's our that kids for the week. Yeah. Three kids in hotel rooms. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, Twyla and yourself, you did a lot of that. Like though you had those rodeos when before kids, right? So Yeah. Yeah. And then we stayed at Dwayne and Vicky's Robinson's for Pinocchio usually and and then uh Wainwright we could drive back and forth. So that was easy. We always had somewhere to stay, so it's kind of nice. You had you know, it's you didn't have to worry about two, laundry yeah. and yeah. all that bullshit. The only and... kids you had to take care of was you, Jason. <laughs> Not yeah. that often. And then you don't feel like a piece of shit, like when you're hungover and tired. It's like, oh, I'm a bad parent on top of it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you're really yeah I didn't have any of that. When you're tired and stuff. Yeah. But we did it. We did the midway. We did it all. So kids are having a blast. That's for sure. So that's. Did you I guys, guess, uh, did they haul in some sand? Oh yeah, there's sand and loony pits, and they hung out Pools there. And yeah, oh, yeah. We had a gazebo, like I said earlier, and we set up camp. We did our, we did our live. And then that's the other thing about the Monday scares or the Sunday scares. You got to take all that shit down. Wind yeah. was just blowing 100 mile an hour, and I had a gazebo hey, set up, and there's of, nobody there to help me take it down. Like, what did you guys get for weather Saturday? Did you get a know. windstorm through was there? That yeah, yeah. Oh, we got hail and everything. Did oh, you yeah. lose any? Well, you have men home. Did any trees fall down again at your place? So we had a big storm in Pinoca. Like that's where that tornado hit that Didsbury one, which was like mm -hmm. just down the road from where we were at. And so we got hail and rain, and then the wind was blowing 100 mile an hour. That was between the rodeo and the bull riding. 
that day on the Saturday. But then at home, I guess I haven't been home yet. But I'm told, yeah, a big windstorm came through, yes. knocked a bunch of trees, everything down. I heard it totally mangled my fucking trampoline and it wrapped around your, my, my your deck. Said, yeah, your, dad my says, your dad said the kids are going to have to jump on the trampoline, but it's going to be jumping off and around your deck. If yeah. That's where it is. I heard it fuck some shit up around there, but I'll deal with that when I get home, guys. I can't think about that right now. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Stuff. Priorities. Priorities. Okay, full oh. pro amateur hour segment. Do you guys got any of those? Hey, you can think of off the top of your head? No, I haven't been anywhere. Yeah, fair enough. I got one that you'll like, Jason, for uh, amateur hour. This one got sent sent in um, by uh, Robert Smith, actually, luckily. But it was from uh, Elkridge. And uh, amateur hour is when people decide to walk through the arena before the bull riding, when your dirt's freshly cleaned, you have everything set, you got the pyro set up, and people try to go through those gates and try to walk through the arena. Biggest pet peeve. <laughs> right? Can't stand I, it. I've can't stand it. I've literally heard Jason, and I can't remember where it was, but it was a couple of rookie bull riders just stepped into the arena, you know, an hour before, and they were just cutting across. And, you know, when those coliseums are empty, it echoes in there, and he hollered from the fucking section 22 he's like hey the fuck do you think this is a rodeo get the fuck out of the arena just like what the i said that yeah you were mad you were mad well i always say you see did you ever watch wayne gretzky walk across the ice with his hockey bag over his shoulder ever before the game no (laughs) no you walk around there's a concourse you just walk around yeah like you don't go through the arena don't I think it. I even at one point we had chains on the rider out gates back in the day. So you couldn't go in. Well, the pyro yeah. on top of it too. I mean, you could. Yeah. yeah you trip over a oh. wire and that's, yeah, let's just yeah. blow. Yeah. And let's just screw up our $7,500 opening. Yeah. So that's why that's there you go. That was a good one. I got, I got him fired up, Scott. Got Jason yep. fired up again. Got him going. That's yeah. my amateur hour. So that one's getting sent down to the, uh, to the amateurs full pro for this week is, uh, a tip of the hat to the contractors in Canada right now, the buck and bull industry. We touched on it throughout the show, um, but you could just see this. These guys kind of got this at a at another level, and I'd take a lot of these bulls. You've seen it last night. You've been seeing it all year. You take them to uh, anywhere across the U.S., in my opinion, and you'd uh, you'd have the same pen. So these guys have stepped it up. All of our contractors up here, the breeding programs, the feed, the care that they're putting into these animals. It's uh they've stepped it up these last probably five or six years in my opinion. But our bull power right now is through the roof. So full pro right now is these bulls and our, our contractors in Canada. And we got to remember and remind people that in every bull is a is a four to five year investment before oh. you yeah you know see much return on that. So yeah, you're right. You nailed it right there. Before we go to the interview, let's chat about it a little bit. So people that don't know Colby Armstrong, we'll get into his life story. Um, but I was super stoked to get this guy on the pod. Jason, you lined this one up like you talked in Vegas uh, after the Stanley Cup. Uh, you've met him before, obviously, and stuff like that. But this guy now was obviously an NHL hockey player for a lot of years. He was a card in the dressing room. And then he's taken that into his media career, and he's been on Sportsnet, TNT as a as a broadcaster. Works for the Penguins now, lives in Pittsburgh, uh, has his own podcast, Chicklets Game Notes, which is 
um, just underneath the Spit and Chicklets Boys, their podcast, which are both uh, on the Barstool Network. So huge podcasts. Guy's fucking hilarious. I just laughed the oh, whole time. Huh? Yeah. Good. <laughs> he's he's full on all the time. Yeah, he's he's a he's a beauty. There there wasn't much to say in our conversation with him for two reasons. Number one, um, he's freaking hilarious. Number two, I was laughing so hard I couldn't just ask him a question. <laughs> Anyways, I literally wiped tears a couple times from laughing. So yeah. we might have to post uh, if I get time to do it and whatever else. But the video of it due to his, his background and just like his his uh actions like you know how we, when he's talking and he's fucking <laughs> acting him out and doing shit oh it's freaking funny so and a sasky uh, boy so. yeah sasky boy straight out of saskatoon right jason lloyd originally yeah. and then saskatoon yeah so, yeah yep. his his family mom's still here she's a figure skating instructor and yeah cool his brother is just promoted with the philadelphia flyers in a uh, player development role so yeah hockey uh hockey's in their blood kind of a different one i guess other than our rodeo guys we've had some hockey guys before so this one's kind of cool it's kind of like uh him and biz nasty paul bisnet former guest they do that podcast and stuff together so uh it's kind of fun to have those guys on but before we go to that interview is there anything else you guys can think of that we uh need to touch on that we missed no just have fun at cody's deal in calgary and Guess we'll catch you in a couple weeks. We'll roll her through. Jason, the everything that you wanted to talk about? Oh, good here, brother. Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks for everybody for uh yeah, tired, the boy. <laughs> tired. <laughs> Thanks for everybody for listening into the podcast. Uh we'll all be rolling here this next few weeks. Scott going to the National High School Finals. Jason rolling as he always does. I'll be at the Calgary Stampede. So we'll have lots to talk about when we come back in um in two weeks. So thanks for listening. We love you guys. And this is now our interview that is brought to you by the Czar Lake Polarama. For the best of all the bad to the bone PBR action, make a plan to come down to the Czar Lake Bullarama, July 21st, 2023. The rankest bulls and the best cowboys in the business will try and win one of the biggest single-day paydays in the industry at the back-to-back and reigning PBR Canada event of the year. For more information, check out and like our Facebook page or check out our website, www.czarlakebullarama.com. Czar Lake Bullarama. Come get some. And just to remind you guys, that's a Tier 1 event, so all you bow riders will have that extra added money and more points. And some more news that they just brought into play is they bought uh, Vold's old Prefert shoots. So for those that have been there for many years, know that their shoots were dated and not the best of bucket shoots. They've stepped their game up, want to do everything uh, to the top at the Czar Lake Bullerama. So they went and got themselves some new preferred shoots that are uh, the best in the business. So great stuff coming from there. The Chris Buck band's playing. Get your tickets at the door. Come and camp. Lots of fun at the Czar Lake Bullerama. Now, here is our interview with the Iron Dog, Colby Armstrong. I don't know if you guys remember Trevor Latowski, Patrick Eves. <laughs> oh, oh, who are the people you, you knocked you got out? A, you got a pretty impressive YouTube uh, reel there, my friend. Oh, so listen to this. So listen to this. So, okay, I'll, first of all, I'll tell you about the, some like that that Latowski hit. I still, to this day, I feel t- terrible about it. That one. That one was bad, eh, Wit? Yeah, dude, they were all, every time you hit someone and they were laying there lifeless with the stretcher coming out, they, uh, were, they were all bad. I felt bad for Latowski. I called him after, and he was a good guy about it. And that was like back in the day when, like, 
you come through the trolley tracks, like whatever, right? Yeah, like yeah. It's just that, like that's the way the game was played. School, then. You know, yeah. no, there was no rule against what you were doing. You were just crushing guys with your shoulder. They were all legit. You never got even got a penalty on them. Yeah, but they're they're on the head. But I never got a penalty. I know I never got one penalty. Like it was crazy. Like today, I get kicked out of the league. <laughs> Our guest today is a retired NHL hockey player playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Atlanta Thrashers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Montreal Canadiens. Drafted twenty first overall to the Penguins. Racking up 476 games played and 209 career points. You'll now find him in the media game as part of the Spittin' Chicklets Nation with his own podcast, Chicklets Game Notes. Also doing some broadcasting on TNT, Sportsnet, as well as working for the Penguins themselves. He's a good old Sasky boy. It's the arm dog, Kobe Armstrong. How are we doing, buddy? Great intro. Thanks, buddy. Feel I feel good. That's a lot going on. Hey, I just have so many balls in the air. You know what? I just never say no. That's my thing. <laughs> just never say no. <laughs> and and I, I, I can relate to that. Our wives really appreciate that, don't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> huh? I was just talking to a guy about that too with like kids and stuff. It's like you bust your balls and you work your ass off, but at least they give you something, right? Like you get something from it, some money, and then I come home and it's just like I drive kids. I have four kids, right? So I drive kids all over the place, and it's just like, just for that one time, one time your fucking kid hugs you and tells you, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> it happens like, hey, dad, I love you. And it's like, ah, there's the payment. There's the damn payment yeah. for that job that just never ends, you know, but, and, and it bleeds your, your account dry as well. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty busy. And, and you know what, boys, I'm like busier like crazy in the playoffs like thank god it ended and and i'm still going i gotta go to it nashville i gotta go to the draft coming up and then i gotta go to uh i don't know when you're gonna drop this but yeah i'm going to nashville to the draft for like four days and then i'm going to uh uh gotta fly to toronto to do free agency for rogers up there in canada so it's and i think after that i'm done i think that's it boys so are you on? Uh, are you West jetting from Nashville to Toronto? <laughs> no, I did. I, I, did I West jetted back um, from Saskatoon to Toronto on the way home from Saskatoon. I was there yeah. for a week where we ran into each other coming back from Vegas from the final um, to Saskatoon. And yeah, we got all star treatment. It was awesome. It was not a full flight. And then the snacks, because you're, you're big <laughs> boys. JD acts like he, I don't know, maybe this is true, but he was like on the flight with him. Uh, we were first class. No big deal. <laughs> no, Always. Right? Yeah, not big deal. <laughs> we're first class guys. Yeah. And then, and then, and then he's like, wait till you get the snack pack, bud. And he's, he was bragging about it. He's like, there's this chocolate. He's like, we had to send in so many letters in there. Like, we finally got it cleaned up a bit. Like, he acted like he was like, he was a guy that like cleaned up like West Jets, like food services a little bit. Did you? <laughs> Yeah, man, it was getting bad. It was the same shit. Here's the <laughs> they the in the in the previous snack pack, there was actually these olives in oil that you had to try to peel the thing off without spilling, spilling. any oil. Yeah. And then you had to try to eat the olives without spilling any of that oil on your nice white dress shirt. Yeah. yeah it was a feat. It was a it was a contest, I'm telling you. Yeah, he's got all these things. I got the when I cracked open the little box, boys. You should have seen him. He's just eyeing up how I'd react to like what I saw the <laughs> spread. You know, it was like a hunk of cheese. It was pretty good. I dialed into that thing, ripped through the packaging pretty easy on that beauty, and I saved. He was bragging about the chocolate morsel at the end, so I saved it for the last thing I had because he's like, "Wait till you taste the chocolate." Bud. I was really, <laughs> I was really hoping you didn't want it, and you're gonna slide it over. <laughs> oh yeah, do I look like I'm allergic to chocolate? Let's go. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, but but how is my uh, evaluation um, on the lounge? I told you. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, I found it. It was great. Shelf. Super good hookup. Great food. JD hooked me up, boys. Yeah, got me in lounge. Elite <laughs> status. WestJet Lounge. Calgary Airport. Shout out to them. Uh, yeah, he he hooked me up. Him and the wife. Yeah, it was awesome. That was that was superstar treatment right there, buddy. Thank That's you how we that. look after our guests, arm yep. dogs. So if we you sorry, but Biz, your partner Biz didn't get that treatment. No, um, no, no. But he doesn't need it. He's good. <laughs> It'd be fine. He's, he's rolling in it. <laughs> he's rolling in it. Yeah, Jason's part ownership in the fucking WestJet snack line. <laughs> he's getting cuts from <laughs> from all the chocolates he ate. Uh, how was the Stanley Cup playoffs, man? I know, like you say, you're super oh. busy. You guys were full on there. You can go online on YouTube. You know, the, the yeah. Chicklets gang, you guys were full steam ahead there. What stands out for you about the, the last little bit there? Some cool stuff go on or you guys are just rolling right now, it looks like. Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun and and some of these travel trips we did like the outdoor game in Boston, we did a live show and then <clears throat> when I joined them at the start of the year they came to Pittsburgh. I don't know if you guys saw saw those like I I became a US citizen on the same day that we did the live show, I think or like the next day we did it. Um but anyways, I joined them there in town. We did a live show in Pittsburgh to open the season. Um they introduced me as like a new chicklets guy um and uh and that was a game did you see like, like they were yelling at like sid on the jumbotron so like the penguins were awesome like i got a i had a lot of family and friends in for like the the citizenship thing plus my birthday's in november i turned 40 so it was kind of like a mixed bag of celebration perfect and uh yeah, yeah it was perfect storm chicklets were there oh yeah everything was coming together nicely and um they got us like a like i'm I'm working the game so i did the pre-game the post-game show but they got us a box for like me and my family to celebrate in this like awesome oh, cool. thing of becoming a citizen it was a really cool experience too and um uh i i was in the box with like <laughs> everyone and then they're like we're now with uh paul bissonette ex penguin and <laughs> ryan whitney and like biz gets the mic and he just starts barking at said i literally i was literally like that i was like <laughs> I was looking through my fingers. I'm like, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? This has never been done before. I don't know what's going on. Like, what's Sid thinking right now? It's like middle of an NHL game. Like, holy God. Uh, it was unbelievable. They were just tapping the Coyotes out too. So that's why Biz was all fired up because he's a big Coyotes guy. But yeah, it's been an awesome run. We we did the outdoor classic game in Boston, did a live show there. Um, uh, and then everything's pretty much like what we're doing right now, just from my basement with my sick. I'm riding an eagle in the background. It's pretty sick. Yeah, that's hey, yeah. tell us about unreal. that. I hope we'll have to get that image up there, LT. Oh, yeah, yeah. So everybody it's can see beauty. who did the artwork. So his name's Cody Sable. He's like an artist here. He paints a lot of he does he does a lot of finger like speed painting. Like he'll he can he has like a photographic memory kind of, but he's a local Pittsburgh guy and he he can like see something once and then he can paint it Whoa. like upside down and then flips it over i don't know like, oh, he does yeah. all these shows he does all these crazy tricks and stuff finger painting i tried and that last night at nickel did, yeah. but i didn't come back around upside the right way. <laughs> you're oh, still spinning oh, jd you're still spinning but i got him to come over here because i'm like oh shit i'm gonna be a podcast guy i gotta have a sick backdrop right you gotta have it set up so that's what i was thinking anyway so i got this done up he came over and and did this he also paints like a bunch of the Steelers cleats you know they have their like, oh, yeah. cleats oh, yeah. painted 
It's kind of cool. I don't know if they yeah, do you really one up on us on the backdrop there. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. start doing that gonna rodeo. To, uh, I'm gonna yeah, start gonna that. Clean that up. I'm gonna be a rodeo bull riding helmet painter guy. You guys just <laughs> chuck on the shittiest buckets, hey? You don't care. Like, oh, here's a blue one. Oh, here's a white one. I don't give a shit. Here's a cage. I don't care. Let's get some. Let's get some artwork done up on those beauties. You guys want to hear a good one? Speaking yeah. of rodeo, Arm Dog sends me a message. He's in Vegas doing a promotion. Yeah. Is it Bet Ninety Nine? Bet it something. was uh mgm mgm yeah anyway he sends me a text he's like these cowboys and i just missed you because i was I you was were there and i that. was coming back for the last weekend and he's like these guys are insane i'm talking to this guy he's he sends me a picture of who he's sitting with hail ethier yeah that's a guy <laughs> like, oh man sorry about your company yeah that's what he said sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry about your company I'd be of all things yeah our dog just yeah. did your gal your pr gal set you up said what am i going to do tonight and no we were like we got day. in we had one night off we started working the next like we were there for like four days and i i went on like some website like what's going on in vegas tickets or something mm-hmm. and i saw like the rodeo was there and i'm like oh shit that would be cool i never really been to like a real rodeo before so i got tickets like, I don't know how they weren't even that much. And I was like, through like second row behind the shoots. Damn. So like, I'm right there. Like the show too was electric. The announcers were electric. The music was bumping. People are just pissed out of their minds. COVID is ripping, but it not, not built building. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it was, I don't know. And <laughs> I was having a blast. Like everyone was awesome. I sat next to, yeah. That guy Dale he was, was a guy. Yeah, you sent me a picture, and I'm like, oh my yes. god, he was what? awesome. Like slinging beers around everywhere. He knew everybody. <laughs> he was explaining everything to me. He was yes. he was he was awesome. I couldn't have sat next to a better guy to help me like ex- explain like you know judging like scoring like all yeah. this stuff. He was he was really great. Introduced me to a bunch of like famous people. I think that were down in that area too. I think like Lane Frost family members were at the event oh, yeah, down in around that area. Yeah. And he works, uh, I think with a lot of, um, you know, horses, I believe maybe bulls. I think yeah. horses. Yeah. Like he works for like, the bold family up here. So yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. So yeah. he was explaining that to me and how they do a bunch of shoots and movies and different things. So he helps facilitate a lot of that stuff with, uh, brought with, with the film industry. <laughs> Or whatever he was just so you know, so you know, people are gonna get a fucking kick out of you explaining right now that KLE here was the was the man running you through all of this. That's what he was telling me. Yeah, it was awesome, and he introduced me so many people. I went up up to the like a bar up top there, like on the concourse. I went up there and like I met like his whole family, like everybody. We had a beer with him. I was I had the best time, and a guy almost I I swear to God, a guy almost died in front of me. It was in. Which who is the guy again? He's like he's like what was his name? BJ. Um, I don't know. JD knows his name. We were talking about him the other day. He's a veteran bull rider guy. Doesn't oh, wear a helmet. Uh, JB Mooney. JB Mooney. JB Mooney. Yeah, he got yeah, caught dog. on a bull. Yeah, he got dog. Wrecked out buddy. that night. He got he got stuck on there a little long with his arm hanging in there, <laughs> and he he was it was scary. I was like holy. It was like twenty feet from me, and just to be like that close to like absolute like anything can happen right it's yeah, just the yeah. intensity when you're that close is crazy watching on your tv does nothing compared to sitting there yeah and uh, hearing and the crunch and hearing us. everything and like seeing them banging around in the shoot in front of you like i was right there like that is something else you guys are you guys are crazy 
And then those <laughs> bullfighter guys are nuts trying to wrangle these guys out of there. It's just, it was insane. <laughs> like the entertainment value of that rodeo was off the charts. I've, I, I would go back. I would go back for sure. And I would take people with me. Cause it was like, you got to see this is so, it was just so fun. And the people were awesome there too. Like in the crowd, everyone's so friendly. Everyone's awesome. Everyone's from all over the frigging world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was, it was electric. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's so funny. Hey, I texted you. I, I thought you might be there. I thought you, I, I had a feeling. So yeah, I just missed you, buddy. <laughs> that picture was oh, it was amazing. It was so Kale. hilarious. Uh, Sixteen thousand seven hundred <laughs> seats, and you're sitting right beside Kaylee. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, I was. He finds himself in those situations. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no Calgary Stampede growing up or anything like that. Uh, I, I did. I did the rodeo there a little bit. Yeah, I, okay. I've only been. I think like twice to the actual rodeo portion, but I think I've been like five times to just like. The debauchery of the stampede, the Cowboys, VIP the Cowboys, 10. VIP 10, all that stuff. Yeah, I've done that before. But then I've I decided finally, I'm like, what am I? Doing? I should go to the rodeo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, think I got to do here. that. I did there's the chuck wagons. Which, the day. Chuck wagons were awesome when doing Very that with watching. a bunch of people. Yeah, it was good yeah. watching that. It was exciting and entertaining. I think DJ King does that now, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Isn't yeah. he big into that now? So yeah, he is. Yeah. Shout out to DJ beauty yeah. sasky beauty metal lake did you ever square off with dj fuck no <laughs> i would taunt the shit out of him but i won't go near him <laughs> there's a uh i played against him in junior he was in lethbridge i was in yeah. red deer and he was he, he was doing pretty good there but he's just like a big strong ox you know he's he was uh, kind of fu- feeling it out a little bit i think uh, and then when i got to pro i played against him in the american league and i remember we went in uh, when I was in the American League, we went in to play them, and we had a, a guy on our team who fought a little bit, and he's like, oh, they had to call a guy up to come up here to fight me. And I was like, <laughs> I looked, I'm like, oh, that's G- uh, DJ King. I'm like, oh, I played junior against him. I'm like, fuck, buddy, he's huge, and he's tough. He can throw him. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, they call him up. And I'm like, okay, you go out there. <laughs> DJ King smashes his orbital bone in, and the guy's like, the guy was thrown up in a in like a grocery bag on the bus the whole way home. <laughs> oh like, no! I was like, oh, 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 oh. I was oh, like, yeah. that's Sasky tough right there. <laughs> Speaking of the, the Sasky and mostly, I guess the WHL, but the Vegas Golden Knights and the influx yeah. of the Dub guys. What did you think of that team and uh, well deserved win for those guys? Yeah, I loved it. I I love the way they play, and and you know, I think. With the final, like two untraditional, I guess it's pretty traditional for Vegas. The last six years, yeah, they've been yeah. they've been pretty damn good. Um, but two untraditional, like hockey markets, really, and at the NHL level, at least for Vegas. I know they've had an East Coast League team for a number of years, but um, you know, I I love the fact that I always say this: you have to have Western guys on your team if you want to win. Like you have right. to have at least you have to have at least one if you're like a legit team. I think. Right. Um. And I think the fact that they had the most Canadian players of any team, plus by far the most Western guys. Yeah, 67%, I want to say. Yeah, I, read I think they somewhere. had out of like a 22-man roster, I think they had like 14 Western leaguers <laughs> or something right. like that, 11 yeah. or 14, which is like out of this world. But they played a brand of hockey that was big and nasty and mean, and they were deep and um, they had size. So I... I, I <laughs> And four then you lines look of at scoring, their, eh, arm dog? Yeah, four he's, lines of scoring. Yeah. Even their GM, like <laughs> McCrimmon, he's he he's a Sasky guy, but yeah. you know, I think he's obviously tied pretty closely to 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 the Wee Kings and Brandon and what he's done through Western Hockey League there as well. And you know, they just went and found guys that they 
that they like. And I think they chain 90 does the TV. Yeah. <laughs> they brought in Darren Millard. He does the studio stuff and other Manitoba guys. So it's like, it's like crazy. Like what they've done in there. They've just, it's like literally Western Canada's team, or at least Manitoba and Saskatchewan for sure with the amount of guys they had there. And it was great to see all those guys do so well too. I know you represent uh, Chandler and, um, just like a breakthrough playoff that he had and how good he's been and how he's been able to shine in Vegas from winning the cup in, in Washington coming over. And, you know, they just have, they just have a bunch of like character guys, I think. And that's what, that's what Western, that's what Western Canada provides. And like, you've good. watched a lot of hockey, Colby. Yeah. Have you ever seen anybody that loves to score or be on the ice when somebody else scores like Mark Stone? Oh my God, that guy's a beauty. I call him the Manitoba maniac. Like he can't go crazy. <laughs> you cannot go crazier than him from his crusty, the clown hair. to yeah. his like giant knob. He holds a stick upside down all the time. Like he's just a mess on the ice. He's, <laughs> he's such a good player though. And then he just goes absolutely berserkos. Like he had like the old school, like, you know, like, like what's that? What's that gum called? That those like gum commercials? Like, yeah, like freezes on a high five. <laughs> He's like open handed, like super spread. Yeah, I didn't even know you get hockey times. glove fingers that wide apart. I didn't know either. Like, this guy's crazy, right? So, yeah, you had him as a leader on that team too. It's just like a standout. So, um, pretty impressive run they had. And it's it's crazy too. You see, Florida is like you know, all these broken foot and blown shoulders and cracked sternum and yeah. playing with this. And then like, I haven't heard anything about Vegas. Yeah, they, they nice. just, is anyone banged up? They just like rolled. They're everyone. probably really banged They're up. They're still banged up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Carlson's got a bruised tailbone. Oh, <laughs> what a beauty. But every year, hey, there's somebody Ovi oh, in yeah. the fountain, oh, yeah. you know, Brett Hall singing on yeah. stage. When we went won. blues. We yeah. went blues. Remember that line? <laughs> Who was yeah, the Carlson. big guy, the tough guy last year that fell over with the, the cup from Colorado? Oh, yeah, McDermott. Yeah, McDermott he put it up over his right head now. just teetered over, didn't he? In the bar, too. That was great. <laughs> what, a uh, town, what a town to win in, though. Vegas. Oh, yeah. How it was, was kind of weird. It was kind of weird, I'll say this. And I don't know, yeah. you could uh jd you're probably closer around like the party a little bit but when i left the arena like it was the building was rocking the party was cooking like it was it was awesome um but when i when i went like outside the arena it was kind of cleared up by the time i got out of there like the initial area like where everyone watches out in that little square and then i got into like the casinos and i started going it was like vegas was just normal again i just walked back into vegas like yeah it's like nothing happened it was so weird it was kind of weird Yep. And I'm sure where they were, it looked, I saw the videos. It looked incredible there at some club with like Steve Aoki. It looked like. Yeah. So. Jewel. It was, yeah, well, it was like, you know, that song they play when they come out of the dress. Yeah, you can just feel that because that sound system it. just goes right <laughs> oh. through you. Well, Twyla and I were trying to think of a way how we could duck out. You know, we were sitting with the fam- Stevenson family and yeah. Twyla's like, okay, I think it's time we should go. And I'm like, yeah, okay. We'll just try, try to figure out an exit plan here. Yeah. And all of a sudden the DJ rips that song. Oh, yeah. And loud, and here comes Stone. He hadn't come in yet. Stone comes down the hallway because it's down the basement of the Aria. So there's yeah. kind of a long, just like their tunnel coming. Did they out have of their like room. a camera on them or something? Oh yeah. Did, oh, oh yeah. Every, oh, what a show! Was, yeah. And then they pump that song again, and then the cup walks in, and everybody went nuts. And I'm like, "Here's our exit. <laughs> we, oh, no yeah, one's gonna man. miss this now. <laughs> All the eyes are on that shiny yeah. lure. Hey, yeah. <laughs> what a move, Ninja Bomb! Poof, he's gone." <laughs> 
So you guys didn't get in there, army down below. Well, or, some uh... of the guys, I think they did. I got, I actually, I got, I, I never won gambling there the whole time we were there. So when I left, I started playing this like free play blackjack. It was called, and I and it was with our camera guy Pasha, who's a great guy, and he loved this game. So he talked me into sitting down, and they were going to go to this the club to go party and go see the cup with the boys. So I'm like, okay, I started playing. Then I started winning. I'm like, I'm not going to go sniff jocks. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm winning now. I'm going to stay here. And Pasha's like, you can't leave now. You're winning. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So me and Pasha stayed and everyone, everyone kind of took off to this party. And then I, I, then I finally won money. So I'm like, fucking right. So I took my chips, cashed them in, poof, went to bed like a legend. That's the reason why <laughs> I actually legend. made the flight to Calgary. Uh, <laughs> a heater. <laughs> yeah, I got on a heater, boys. You never yeah. leave the table when you're on a heater. That's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, I want to go into the, the game notes side of things a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening in to uh, to the few, last few episodes that you guys have put out there, and I kind of you know watched you through the like the Sportsnet days, right? Mm-hmm. You did that for a long time, and then always friends, I guess, with uh, with the Chicklets guys, always a part of it, but never kind of do- dove full into it. So. Was it something that you always knew you were going to do? I know Canadian media seems a little bit more not so out there and you can say what you want, right? Now you're on this total opposite end of things where you can let it fly and do what you want. Do you like this more? What was the evolution of kind of getting involved with all this sort of things? Yeah, you know what? I I talked to them even just about being a guest and I always felt it was kind of like, you know, like risky or, or, um you know, with my other work that I was doing, I don't know if like what they thought about it really, or maybe they didn't like it as much. So I was kind of like apprehensive. I didn't want to ruffle feathers, you know, pretty much with my other employers, but as it became like kind of more mainstream and um, I think they themselves started to kind of, you know, figure out their kind of path with it as well. Um, I don't know when they came to me, it was just like the right timing for, for me. And then like, my wife's like, you should do it. It'd be fun. I'm like, yeah, it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, and you are both. Yeah. Fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was to. like, this is going to work out. Okay. And, and, um, you know, biz called me and started talking to me last summer, a little bit near the end, mid to end of summer about possibly joining them. And I mean, I don't know what he's thinking about. I don't know how this machine works. I, I have no clue. I still don't really know what's going on out of there, but, um, yeah, he asked me to join and I and I just, you know, just from being from like network TV, like I worked at NBC too, doing some stuff down in the States and and being on Sportsnet and, you know, getting eventually to sit at the, you know, Hockey Night in Canada desk um, before COVID hit, which was unbelievable because I kind of worked my way up and, you know, Sportsnet kind of let me do everything too and getting started. I did radio, I've done interviews, I've done TV, I've done like uh, commercials, I've, I've gotten to kind of you know, sample and, you know, be kind of a Swiss army knife for a little bit of everything as they've kind of brought me along teaching me. So it's given me a good, um, you know, a backbone, I guess, of, of media a little bit to a certain degree, but I I love it too, because I, like, I couldn't tell you anything about the blue Jays. I can't tell you shit about the Raptors. I can't like for for Sportsnet covering that stuff. Um, But I, all I, I love hockey. So you know, to be able to do what I've been able to do, whether it's with Sportsnet, who gave me my first shot, I'm still with them now, um, to being able to, you know, run and jump in, into these other things and have a chance to do it, even even a TNT down here, which has been awesome, too, to work for them. They've been incredible. Um, it's, what a it's, panel, it, though. What, what a, a panel. panel it's fun. Guys. Yeah, they do a you good guys job. Must have, you guys must have just a – do you guys rip on each other, like, when it's 
not on camera? Oh yeah, it's fun in there. And then and then like when I was in there, I was in there for like the first and second rounds before um Gretz kind of got back into the mix. And then Hank was full more full time with the Rangers being out and his obligations in New York. So um, you know, during that time we were sharing the studio, like baseball was on, mm-hmm. and they have um they have like obviously basketball guys are in there. So it's like it was crazy. We did like a relay race in there with like all the baseball people, all the TNT NBA guys. You know, so okay. it's kind of cool sitting there and like watching and then like, you know, Shaq or, or yeah. Chuck or those guys come into the room <laughs> and they're just like, oh, what's the score? Oh, shit. They're going to lose. Like Ch- Chuck's dialed into hockey, man. He's oh, the, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a beauty. So the whole scene in there is just kind of wild and fun and loose and um, they make it, they make it fun, you know? So it's, it's, it's a great atmosphere and, and the panel's fun too, the way they operate. And Liam does a great job with the hockey guys. I think he's gotten his a little bit more of a credit uh, as the, as the playoffs went on. I saw some articles written about Liam McHugh um, and rightfully so he's, he's an incredible host, but like he, he get he gets it around so good with, with that many guys on there, that many personalities yeah. and, and runs it. So I think that's a challenge, but just some, I've, I've, I've been lucky, man. I got to do some great experiences with, with all this stuff and work with some incredible people, um, you know, from Canada to the U S and, and now, you know, doing podcasts. Legends and stuff, up which, there, man. Legends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's been good. I started out with like, you know, with I, I did a little bit with like Jeff Merrick kind of mm-hmm. brought me along. Who's now doing 32 thoughts with Elliot Friedman on that podcast, but he's yeah. like a big insider hockey nerd, like to the max and just a great broadcaster. So to work with him in between commercial breaks, you know, preparation for shows and, you know, pick up little things from guys and get help from guys like that and people like that in there. I've been like truly super lucky. I got a question though. How do you, and I'd ask Biz the same question too. How do you guys keep it on the straight and narrow yeah. without dropping the F-bomb? Because <clears throat> you got, you can do whatever you want on chicklets. Say whatever yeah. you want. Kind of like us. I try not to. I try not to swear. Oh. <laughs> well, I do. I try. I, I said I try. Scott, he's not... called bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but how... Like you've had to have a few slip ups. Yeah. I uh, slaps any shit. Yeah. I haven't really though. Like, and you know what? I I I'm like a, I don't know what you call it. Like performance anxiety or like stress, whatever the hell you want to call it. I I get it too because it's all it's like everything's live, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's um you can't stop. It. It's kind of pressure situation a little bit, but it's not like I kind of just like just do it. Um. But like before every show, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm like, oh shit. Like, what are we going to, what am I going to say? Like, what yeah. if I say this? Like, I have like yeah. the whole thing going through my head. Like if I say one swear word by accident, just in natural conversation or it slips out, you know? Uh, so there's the stresses of that, I think daily. Um, um, even you just working producers when they see that lineup up there stressing it as well. Oh my god, can you imagine what they're thinking? <laughs> Holy god! Holy with, god! Uh, with your new pod too, do you do, uh, talk about the stresses and the anxieties of doing shit? I know for these, like you want to have all your shit together and have the right questions yeah. and have enough content. Do you have that same stuff? Like oh, up buddy, at night, like, fucking so, thinking about it and trying to make so sure. So I, I like when I know I have to do a show. So in the playoffs, we started this new idea we got because they kind of cut out like hockey content all over like North America, pretty much. Uh, they're everyone's scaling back, dialing down, saving money, whatever. So. Um, you know, there was this, I used to do that show hockey central at noon 
in Toronto that they simulcast on NHL network. And it was like wildly popular, at least in the hockey community. Like it was on hockey dressing rooms. After you get off the ice for practice, everyone's watching it. And it was like Darren Millard, Kipper, Doug McLean. I got to go on there a little bit when I was working on the Mondays and Tuesdays when I was in. <clears throat> so I, I liked that show. And I think the hockey content part of it was awesome. It was, it was Leafs for 15, 20 minutes, which everyone ripped on us for. And then we covered like general league conversation after that. And like, because it was simulcast on NHL network from a Toronto radio station uh, and, and brought to TV, everyone's like, what the hell is this? Why are we doing Leafs so much? And I hated it too. Don't get me wrong. Like I was like, we got to talk about these guys again. Like, seriously, like, Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, they want 20 minutes or 15 minutes of Leafs off the top at least. So, but that show was like, I, for me, like a hockey nerd, I, I felt like I was like, damn, this is like real. This is a real hockey show. Yeah. And now like it, and then they got rid of it. And then now, you know, 32 thoughts and, and, you know, some of these podcasts are starting to fill in the air. So on the playoffs, I was like, why don't we do like hockey central at noon type of show live noon Eastern on YouTube, spitting chicklets, game notes daily. We called it. So yeah. we'd come on and it was pretty gambling. You know, that was the, that was what it was is, is it was like, what are you going to pick for tonight? What are you going to do? What mm -hmm. are you going to pick's going to be? And, and uh, my co-host and I, Matt Murley kind of, you know, just ripped through it and he's like crazy. He's a beauty, man. I love this guy, but he's like, loves this gambling stuff so much. And like, <laughs> you know, he has all these signs. It got crazy. Like he saw a rainbow is going to be the rainbow game. And we're like, buddy, it's pride month. Like there's rainbows. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. He's like, no, it's a sign. It's a sign. Uh, yeah. So it started getting crazy. And then the fan interaction, because we have the chat going too, because it's live. So that's the one thing. So like the, the community that we've been able to build through that, through the playoffs. And it's been long, man. It started off like every day through the first two rounds when games are ripping. Um, and we did it all the way through and it and became popular because Game Notes traditional was just a once a month podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But once we got through that, we're like, ah, you know, and then, and then try, try coming off of a month off of planning and, and getting a rundown for a show. Right. And then having to, you know, listen to chicklets, what have they covered? What haven't they, yeah. which is like nothing like you can touch on. So, you know, we had to go another direction. We do a lot of like, you know, Euro hockey, we do junior hockey, we do, um, you know, minor league stuff. We do prospect stuff. We do beer league shit, which is awesome. Cause everybody sucks. And even if you're good, you end up there. Um, so it was like, we found like our own thing, but like, the breaks in between when you're trying to like hit a rhythm and Merle's had never really done media stuff before or a show like this. So for him to get comfortable and find himself, I think we needed more reps, you know? So we really got that through the playoffs by doing it every day at, at noon. So it's kind so of was a big commitment. Yeah, oh, it was wow. big. It was, we were only going to do it for the first week. We were going to do it for a week. And then it, it started becoming like our numbers were doing real good. So we we're mm -hmm. like, Oh, let's keep it going and see what it could be. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, been a, I guess, like a science project a little bit with us on on what we what we want to do, what we're going to be, and and we'll see where it leads to next year. But uh, it was it was awesome because like it once it picks up traction, you build like that little community, and people are like crazy about it. You start to kind of know people online, and yeah. then I, I I'm a chat loser, so like I scroll the chat. I'm always watching what people's comments are saying, and, <laughs> and you know, Grinelli, our our super producer, he'd pop them up on screen and stuff every once in a while. If I saw it, I'd say it. He'd pop them up there. Then all of a sudden, like the chat went from like being interactive with us to like they were just fucking talking to each other. Like it was like oh, yeah. our, our show was on, and like all these people were just talking to each other. Like they all kind of knew each other now from like being on the chat all the time. So it was it was so cool to see how it like 
blossomed into what it what it turned into through the through the playoffs. So yeah, it's been a it's been a good year and and I think we've grown with it. But to your point, yeah, like I've never hosted before. That's the one thing I've never done. So being able to do this, I I thought I could do it, but the planning and the organization and like you know, step to step, like you want it to be like a smooth transition topic yeah. to topic. And hopefully it is um, in my mind. That's how I have it. So yeah, mm-hmm. they, I, I become a little bit more like snippy around the house with my wife and stuff. And she's trying to talk <laughs> to me and I've got the rundown in my head of how I want it to go. And then yeah. I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit about how it's going to go. So I want it to be good. And, and then, and then trying to find like the right level of energy and everything to do with Merle. So it's, it's been a learning process for me, but it's been fun. Those wives, those wives, they always like that when you're snippy with them too. They just oh yeah, especially when you're gone, <laughs> gone a lot, and then you're working, and then you're. Like, you don't them. understand, man. <laughs> you don't get it. I'm hanging my balls out on the line every night. <laughs> uh, uh, shit. Well, the transition that you're talking about, we we tend to go all over the map with uh, with our questions on what we do, but we always do like to go back to the originality of it and the start of it for you. You know, we went into the media stuff, but hockey in general, growing up, born in Lloyd, it says, and then to Saskatoon, played yes. minor hockey through there, Saskatoon mm-hmm. boy. Um, take us back, man. Was it always hockey? Was there other sports, different oh, things that you had, or hockey, hockey? Oh, I was pretty sick at everything I did. I'm not going to Track and field, uh, cross country. I tried volleyball once, dominated. Tried <laughs> basketball, couldn't make it to practices because I was playing hockey, but I was sick. But um, no, I played soccer and hockey. <laughs> I played soccer and hockey growing up. And I just like, I loved, I loved hockey. If I wasn't um, playing hockey, I was watching it really. And, and you know, every recess, hockey, you know, gym floor hockey yeah. get home rollerblade hockey um with my brother or kids in the neighborhood and um yeah hey, speak of the neighborhood who all yeah, the neighborhood up? yeah the, the shen brothers the neighborhood here yeah the shen brothers are just down the street from me and i think stevie's like just around the corner as well and um trying to think who else was around there kicking around at the time that that was that you know went anywhere did anything but that was like all in like our elementary school. Jared Stoll was there too. He came over in high school and lived um, in an area called Arbor Creek. That was kind of a new area behind my area. Mm. Um, uh, and went to high school with him. And um, yeah. And at the time too, Shane Endicott was a guy in town just across the city. And I ended up living with him my first year pro. He was a Penguins draft pick and pretty good player too. Had a bad, brutal ankle injury, but uh big, strong, skilled dude. So there's just like a lot of really good hockey players and even like surrounding areas. Right. Um, You know, everyone kind of says they're from Saskatoon, but (laughs) not a lot of guys are there all from like the little towns all over the place, but come to summer skates and the Silva brothers, they were, uh, they were um, Dan assistant coach for the Saskatoon blades. And just, I think got a new contract. I gave him a little love on social media. Good guy (laughs) just around the corner from us too, on the same street, him and his brother were, were really good players as well. And good junior players too. Um, so we had a, we had a good crew that could, you know, always find a game or find some loose ice somewhere to skate. And, um, the one local rink near us, the Samboni driver there, he let us come on to like two, two in the morning. We could go skate like after like 1130, if there's ring us up. So it'd be like me and my brother, the Shens, the Silva's, I think Shenner's dad would come out for a twirl and then we go in the Zamboni room after and eat sunflower seeds and hang out with the Zamboni guy. Oh yeah. He was a beauty, man. This guy was a beauty. So it was, uh. Yeah, we, I mean, ultimate growing up, loving hockey. I mean, it doesn't get any better than 
you know, being around an area like that with that amount of kids that, well, everyone played hockey, but like even just go down to Arendelle outdoor rank at the park, that's where like I, da- I did damage there. I was there. Like, <laughs> I there all, I was there all the time, all day till the lights went out. Like it didn't matter. Like I was, I was there. And so, yeah, we just, I, that was my life growing up and uh, Saskatoon was a small little city, right? It's, it's getting a little crazier and bigger now it's growing like mad. And I hadn't been back for four years. It's crazy to see a lot has changed in the last 10 years even, <clears throat> but um, it was just, it was just comfortable and easy place to grow up. And the hockey was really good. And, and, and uh, everyone kind of knew everyone a little bit. Um, and so it was, it was always easy to get anywhere, do anything or, or rely on like the community. Like I need a ride to a game cause my parents are working or something or they can't pick me up cause my, my sister's soccer game. So it was like, it was, it was comfortable. It was a comfortable place to do it, but just my life was obsessed with hockey. It was crazy. Were you always highly touted? Like did the, <clears throat> everybody know you were going to make it kind of thing or did you know me do it? Yeah. Yeah. I knew it. I was he like, was, a, he was so sick. I was sick. (laughs) He told himself that every morning. Buddy, I was obsessed. So I I did figure skating too. My dad's a welder and my mom's a figure skating uh, instructor and power skating coach. So she would teach us. I did skating. I started, I kind of started hockey maybe like a year later than most kids, but I was already skating for like several years when I was like Mm -hmm. two, my mom had me on the ice wheeling. And so, and then I did figure skating when I was like in fourth grade to like eighth grade or something like that. Did you put on picks? Picks, buddy. I was, no way. I was on Team Saskatchewan. I, I completely really? well, yeah. There was only like three guys on the team. <laughs> but oh, but you were one of them. I was yeah. one of them. Yeah. So it was um, it was just something I got to do more, and like I I got, you know, to as far as technique of skating and like edge work and uh, body strength, I would say I, I I think it was it was um it was a huge upside for me. Cause I wasn't like a big guy. I was, I was fairly small. I, I grew later and I was really skinny. Now I'm, I'm still growing. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I'm still growing, but um, it was, uh, it was an opportunity. Like I was like, I felt so confident on my skates, on my edges. I felt so good. Like um, in any situation, I could kind of use my edges to get out of trouble. Anytime I was good sure. down in the corners on pucks and, and then I became strong on my skates too. When guys leaned on me, even though I was like 135 pounds. And like, when I started junior, I could like, I could handle myself. Cause I was like, just strong on my feet. So it gave me like an edge that way to get, to get a little bit more ice. And as far as making it, I don't know. I think I just got better every year. I don't think, I think on my, on my minor hockey teams growing up in the red wing zone, I think you know, now here in the States, it's crazy. You just play your age group, but, and I think Saskatoon still does it that way where you, you go up and you play with like, you know, your first year Bantam, you play with the second year older kids. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I always had to do. So I was always like the youngest kid on the team. And then even when the next year, when I was the oldest kid on the team, I was still the youngest kid on the team said like a late November birthday. So it was, um, I just kind of ticked my way through kept getting better. Then I started to hit puberty a little bit and started to grow. I was a sixth round draft pick in the Western Hockey League draft to Red Deer. Made the team as a 17 year old. I got cut as a 16 year old. Came back and played midget AAA, and then uh, yeah, I played in Red Deer for three years. And getting cut at 16, going there for my rookie season, which was my 17 year old year, to the next year we won the Memorial Cup and I got drafted in the first round. Like that's like crazy in my brain to think yeah. like your sixth round pick in Western mm-hmm. Canada two yeah. years later or whatever. I was like. Or two, three years later, I was like, 
first 21st overall pick in the NHL is like, damn, man. I think a lot of it had to do with like how good our team was for sure. Getting eyes on me a little bit more, but I, I just, I had good coaches like Brent Sutter was my coach. And uh, once I got to juniors, like taught me how to play pro hockey. Like you play defense, like this is how you compete. This is how you prepare. This is how you come ready to play. And so it gave me like an advantage that way, having him for sure being in that program at Red Deer. And then just like, I was, I was just, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to be better. And like every year I just felt like I did. I think I got, I felt like I was getting better even into my, when I got to like the NHL, like until I was like 25 that I feel like I was like, okay, this is what I am. But up mm -hmm. until then I was like that still was getting better. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Once I got to 25, I felt like I was like, okay, you know, this is what I am. But up until that point, I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm, I was still improving at things like crazy, like whether it was like just little details of everything. So, um, so at what age did you become the best guy in the room? Because everybody knows your personality. So we know you yeah. were the, you were the definitely the class clown in every room. <laughs> did that start at 17 in Red Deer or did that progress no, yeah, I think I always had that. I was, I was always like <laughs> always that in school. That. I, I remember Brent my Sutter mom allow that. Yeah, yeah I was gonna. Did you? Oh, yeah. ever butt yeah, tell me that? to knock it off a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or guys like have to tell me like, dude, get serious, and I'm like, okay, I am. Like, this is just how I am. <laughs> yeah. I bet, so, so guys, until the buck drops, Scott, buddy. Right now, uh, the NHL combines just ended, and and a lot of the guys do interviews with the prospects and stuff. Uh -huh. Was that still the process when you, yeah. when you went to the combine, you had to have crushed, like you must've had some of that. You walk into a hotel room <laughs> and you got it. Well, there could be 12 yeah. execs from yeah. each NHL team and you, they'll drill you questions, ask you shit, try to pick some teammates apart, whatever. Yeah. And uh, they put you through the uh, ringer, don't they? Like or they can. I imagine they can. Some of them did. Some of them, some of them asked like uh, more in your face questions, like a little harder, like challenging you. And some of them were more laid back and fun. And even some of them, like I remember Edmonton walking in there. And I mean, that was like, you know, it was like Edmonton Hockey Hall of Fame row yeah. of all the guys they had in that meeting. And I was like, oh my, growing up in Saskatoon, you know, I was like, holy shit. I didn't even, I was like freaking out. So it was, it was kind of intimidating. Um, but I, like, I even remember, like I went into Florida's, uh, and I think they picked, they picked like the third or something, I think like pretty high. And they're like, well, the, the first question they asked me, like, do you think you're going to go in the first round? I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, uh, why? I'm like, I don't know. The hockey news said I was like ranked like <laughs> I'm just going up the rankings, uh, you know. You must guys, have had some of them just oh the guy's there. like, uh, well, we pick, you know, like fourth or third or whatever. I figured it was pretty high. And he and 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 because he asked me where I think I'm gonna get picked, and I said, Oh, I don't know. It says I'm like ranked like you know, 16 to 20 or something. And I was like somewhere around there, and he's like, So are we wasting your time our time? And I'm like no, you might as well pick me third. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to scam him with a quick one. Yeah. Um, but I had some good interviews. It was fun. It was kind of cool to go through. It was stressful, man. I was sweating. Like I remember uh, like Pittsburgh, for example. Mm -hmm. I remember went in there and it was Greg Malone, uh, Ryan Malone. My, well, I played with him in Pittsburgh, beauty. And his, his dad was a head scout. And uh, Eddie Johnston, who's still, I sit next to him now in the press box at Penguins yeah. games. Best guy in hockey, like unbelievable person. And they were running the interview. So I came in and he's like, uh, Bugsy's dad, <laughs> Greg, who's an ex player too. He's like, Hey, why don't you take off your jacket, man? Just relax. 
<laughs> and I was like coming to their hotel room, you know, and they have like set up for like a meeting. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I, cause I was wearing like a suit, you know, without a tie. I don't know. They was, my agent told me to. And so I was like, no, I'm good. And he's like, no, let's take it off. And, and he went to like, help me take off my jacket to like relax, you know, cause it's like stressful kind of. And like my back had a puddle, like down the middle of my back. Like I was just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> and then, yeah, they draft, they drafted me. They must've liked that sweat equity, but yeah, they knew. They, knew <laughs> they, do right a worker. they do have a workhorse. Uh, and then right to the, to the AHL. Like, was that yeah. a big step? Cause I know yeah. lots of guys like talking to even like, Josh Manson, a good friend of mine, when when he went from like juniors to the AHL, you start playing like men that are trying to yeah. make a living and they have children and shit like full grown men. Was it a big step for you <laughs> like that as well? Yeah, it was it was everything was so different. And I mean, JD, you you know this too. Like they changed like the the rules after like I came up, it was they didn't have like a veteran rule, you know. So we we you had a lot as of as many as you wanted back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of journeymen, wow. like you know, 30-some year old guys with like married with kids. I was and my first year, because my birthday's in November, I started the year I was 19 years old. So I came in there and I'm like, the, these guys are like, I mean, this is like this isn't a developmental league as like it is now. This was like a pro league. So it was, it was, it was different in regards to that. I, <laughs> I, I never had this happen junior you don't do this, but like, I remember I came to the rink one day and like, everything was like a learning for me, like how to do everything. And like, thank God, like, you know, the guys were pretty good to me, like the veteran guys. And uh, I think I had like a good enough personality where I was able to get along with everyone, which is like one of my strengths and in wheeling into a new situation like that. But um, they put an optional skate on the board, you know, for practice that day. So I'm like, I didn't know in my head, like what that meant. I thought it meant optional. Like you can go on or you don't have to go on. And like, you can go on whenever you want. Like, say you have the ice from like 10 to 11. Ah, fuck. Maybe I'll go on at 1030. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I, no, one, no one told me, no one told me. So <clears throat> it's like 1015 practice is on. It's the first optional of my life and of the team that year. And I'm getting like my equipment on, I'm casually getting it on, yakking, like I'm Johnny cool guy. And uh, our captain, Jason McDonald, he played in the American league for a long time. And um, he comes in, he goes, army. He's from like, he's from like, uh, where is he from? Like Nova Scotia or somewhere. He's like East coast guy. Army. What the fuck you doing, bud? I'm like getting my equipment on and come out for the optional. He goes, starts at fucking 10 o'clock. Like he had to come off the ice to get me, to get me to go out there. Cause I didn't know. Cause he's like, you know, he's like, where's the rookie, you know, where's the rookie rookies don't take optionals. And I didn't know that. So I was like, I was going to get on there for a 10, 20 quick 10 minute twirl, you know, but, um, yeah, every day was like learning for me and, and playing against, you know, some of these guys like with mullets that were cross-eyed that just cross-check the piss out of you. It was like, uh, buddy, it was, it was Mullets insane. and cross-eyes. Oh, buddy, as old school, like still wooden stick there a little bit, yeah, yeah. you know? So yeah. I kind of got the crossover. Were they Victoria Bills or Canadians? Oh, yeah, they were Sherwood, PMP. Yeah. Wood sticks. Wood, yeah, wood twigs. So it what? was... uh. It was, it was awesome though. Like I, I think the hockey was incredible. Like every night was crazy. Like each team had like four fighters on there, like maybe more, even some guys that weren't fighters were like crazy. So it was like every game was just like, that's where like the game notes, the check the game notes story was born from was like what my first year in the minors yeah. or second was it my first or second year. It might've been my first year. Um, we were playing in, in Salt Lake city in Utah 
And uh, I, I went through like a, a stint where I didn't look at the game notes and the game notes is like a pack you would get with like player details, like, you know, how many points they have, like how they played in their last five games, like what kind of, you know, player they are a little bit. There's like little things through there, team stats, everything. And, you know, I usually look at those and I, I found that if I didn't look at them, I don't know why I was like, I'm not going to look at these game notes because like get stats in my head and I just need to go play, just play your game, you know? Mental and so aspect. I did, I wasn't, yeah, mental <laughs> aspect. So I didn't look at them for a while and uh, I got in the game and I got, you know, tied up with this, this guy back checking to our net and my stick came up on him kind of high. He had a visor on little guy and I knocked him down, cross-checked him high. He's pissed. He gets up, he takes a swing at me. I dodge him. I throw him down. He goes down, the refs get in, break us up, get back to the penalty box. He comes by, gives me the throat, like the throat slit thing yeah. on like the Captain Morgan throat slit. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, fuck. I stand up. I'm like, we're fucking going to go. I'm like 19, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I just turned 20. And uh, I'm like, who is this guy? He's smaller. He has a visor on. I'm like, I'm going to crush this guy probably. I don't know. I'm not even a great fighter, but I was like, I was like, whatever. Yeah. So we're in the box. He's yelling at me. I'm like, get back to the, our, our coincidental penalties. And we go back to the box together to our benches and uh i'm like i sit on the bench i'm like oh i'm going that guy next shift and i and he's like who and i look down like, guys yeah, just the box i look down he's staring at me and he's taping his wrists up <laughs> gavin morgan that's his name he's taping his wrists the trainers unscrewing his visor i'm like oh <laughs> shit i'm like yes this is it so we get out there he comes and hits me i give him a cold shoulder pop in the ice he gets up he's like now's your chance kid i'm like okay I just shed my gloves square up with this guy he grabs me like whack it a whack it a whack it <laughs> just starts blasting me buries me to the ground like four punches boom my eyes are just like welded shut like just crushed me coming off the <laughs> ice like they're showing it on the jumbotron i get in the room and I'm like, it's near the end of the game too. I get in the room and I like have my hands like on the, on the counter in the bathroom. And I'm like looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, it's fucking embarrassing, man. My eyes are like welded shut. And, uh, Alexander Dag, ex first overall pick, he's playing on our team and he comes by, he has it game notes flipped open to Gavin Morgan's page and he goes, slaps it down. He goes, check the game notes, kid. <laughs> and I look. And it's like Gavin Morgan. He's he's a good player too. He's like he he was putting up points, but he had like he had like two hundred penalty minutes like just after Christmas. And I'm like, oh god, I should have known. So <laughs> no research what, done on that. No one. No research done on that one. So that's why we always say you got to check the game notes, bud, because <laughs> make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Right? Oh, that's good. That's where it was born. <laughs> that's where it was born. One night in the minors, but you're right. Yeah, the minors were great though. I I played uh, three and a half years there. I cleared waivers once at the end of my initial contract, re-signed, um, and thought I had a good enough camp at that time to make the team. Uh, one of the seasons was a lockout season as well, which was like the hockey was unbelievable. Like yeah. pretty much the top two lines were NHL, you know, caliber players that played all in the league the next year. And I just kind of learned, like, I don't think I was ready to play in the NHL when I first got there, to be honest. And looking back on it, I, it was probably good for me, like really good for my career to, you know, be able to stay down there. Never got called up one time. Penguins were in a different situation than most teams financially, but um, I just got to hone my game and work on different things and different aspects and little details and um, get myself to a point that when they called me up, I was like really ready to go. So it was, oh, yeah. it was, it was a good experience for me. Was Mario there when you got called up? 
Is he still playing then? Uh, Mario, actually, when I got called up, Mario had just retired. So I took uh, Mario's spot. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> That's what I tell everyone anyway. I love uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he actually just retired. Yeah, I, I went to his last retirement when I got called up. I got called up like in between Christmas and New Year. And just after the new year was done, I believe he had his like little, another, his last retirement where he was actually done. And, um, you know, they fired Eddie Olchek, who was a coach there. They called up our coach, Michelle Terrian, who then later, you know, started bringing up some of the younger guys and stuff and, and bringing us into the picture. So that's when I got my chance. I never went back after I got called up. So I got able to establish myself and play a lot. And I had I, I finished that year. I was, I was running. I didn't want that year to end. It was awesome. Even though did we you, saw uh, did you have the any run-ins with Terry? And I've heard some. Oh, buddy, yeah. I had like he coached me three, coached me two, three, four, five, six of my pro seasons. Holy oh shit! Wilkesbury, Pittsburgh, and then I went my last year. I went to Montreal. He was a coach. Was yeah, yeah. He he wanted me to come in there, so um, he needed I, a good room guy. He needed me. He needed a guy that knew him because he was a first-year coach in Montreal. I think I was good because I, I understood him. I knew what he, I know what he does. I know how everything works. I know his practices and he knows I'm good in the room. So um, I came in there after a buyout to Toronto and I had him again, but he, he knew what he could get out of me. And I honestly, if it wasn't for him, I don't know if I would have got to like where I could have got because he pushed nice. me pretty hard, which yeah. I, I, I like, I like that. I like like challenge, you know, I like getting pushed. I like, you know, as hard as it is when you're in it, it's uh, it's always worth it when you respond the right way. Now you're in the show. You got uh, Sid comes in later. You get to be on a line with him. Was it everything that you ever dreamed of, making it to the NHL and and Ooh, playing Sid's at the highest level? Yeah. Farm dogs dream. Farmies. Yeah, no, Sid. you know what I mean. Like you just you 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 made it right, and then yeah. you you cemented yourself in the best league in the world that you've wanted to be in since you were a little kid. Yeah. Lots of times it can be a bit of a letdown, right? Cause it's everything you wanted. And then maybe it's not what you expect. A lot of times it is everything you dreamed of. What was your, uh, your NHL yeah. career? Was it, was it what you dreamed oh, of? Oh, It was awesome, man. It was awesome. Especially coming in there. And we, we weren't very good the first year, but, um, um, you know, I got to finish and got an opportunity to play on a line with Sid and he was only 18 and he was ripping the league up and, you know, he's the next big thing. So it was exciting in that regard. And then, and then to play with him and like practice with him every day and then, you know, be his roommate for, you know, a few years there as well and see kind of how he operates. And I was, I was like 23 at the time. He's 18. You know, there's quite, quite a difference. And I always used to bug him. I'm like, dude, you're such a puss. Like you didn't even play in the minors. Like buddy, <laughs> you didn't even No, like your silver spoon, right? Like you just come up here and you just get to go to the show. Like, come Some on. You kids didn't even just have all the luck. Eh? Yeah. You didn't even grind, bud. You don't even know what it's like. <laughs> and here he is still going at, you know, 36 and still like year in, year out, like ready to go and dialed. So I, I learned a lot from him though, even at 18. And it was so cool to be there with him and, you know, um, you know, be at, like every drill, like, you know, going, you need to, you know, you need a buddy, like it's a two on one. I was going with him. It was sick. And then like just every day in practice. So just that kind of stuff, like asking him, what, what are you thinking here? What are you doing here? And he would just tell me like the weirdest thing. Like, I mean, like, was, was he a natural born leader at right at eight? Oh yeah. He like drove the bus, like right yeah. away. He just came in there <laughs> like, and he just, he didn't like say it. He just did it, you know? And everyone kind of followed like he wrapped our practices to another level like he competed so hard every game he wanted to win like it was just crazy to be in the fire with him it was so awesome it was so awesome to be there um 
you know, this kid with like this incredible drive and skill and vision and talent, it was just like the perfect package to, like, to, to witness it and be around it is awesome. And then to like be around the circus that is when he goes on the road too, to certain places was just incredible to like, kind of, you know, be a part of like They're coming to watch him and maybe Malkin and flurry and some of the other young talent we had, but mostly him and, you know, to be around, you know, that kind of energy when you come into a rink and, and that kind of people like, it used to be like Bedard lately, like when he was in mm-hmm. junior, right. Every rink he went to was selling him out because people want to come see him. It was like that for Sid, just on like a, like a big, way bigger level. Oh, so, on steroids. Yeah. And so can you imagine being like a kid on the Pats, that's just like a kid, some kid that's like 17 and he's like, you know, just starting his junior career and every game he goes to is a circus and he's packed. Yeah. It's fucking rammed. Like you're in the show and you're not. (laughs) And it's like, but you're still a part of that. You know, you're still part of the show and you're, you're kind of like, you know, you might have, it might be your night to shine. It might be, you know, you might have a game and everyone's there and they're like, holy Christ, this kid's a player. So to be around like that kind of energy all the time was, it was, it was awesome. And I think being in Pittsburgh too was like, it's a good setup too. Cause they love sports here. They love like hockey. Um, and, but it's not like crazy, you know, like you can go grocery store here easily. Like Sid can wheel around town and everyone knows who he is, but it's just, it's, it's, it's still fairly, I think, comfortable. Steelers might have a little bit more of an issue though. Yeah, it's, it's a lot a big of Steelers. That's a, that they're oh, number yeah. one, eh? They're yeah, they're big time. It's crazy. I love when the Steelers start up here. It's nuts. The city just goes crazy. It's not a big city, but it's like passionate, and it reminds me of living back in Saskatoon. Just the people like care about each other, just work hard and take care of their families and good values, and drink a beer, wear a t-shirt and jeans, and cheer for their teams. Yeah, that's Heard. what it is. Uh, so it's like it's super comfy and a great place to play so i think you know for me being able to come here and start here well in wilkesbury for one is even more blue collar um but to come here and play in the nhl and start here with this these superstars that we had in this environment of this city too was just like it was awesome it was it was it was like the best time of my life playing for the penguins when i first started just because of you know all of that yeah unreal so then the the media career did that come like i know like biz was doing interviews and shit knowing yeah. that it was kind of coming to an end was there uh was there a time when you weren't doing anything and like a little bit probably tough times like we all have after retiring from something uh did media come right away for you or did it take a minute you stepped away for a while yeah so like i think it helped getting into it um when i went to toronto and montreal right guys like just being in in Hockey those markets market. yeah those yeah. markets that are just more exposure for you to do stuff but it um uh, for me anyway. And like, I think my personality, my mom and like had already always mentioned to me and like my agent mentioned to me like, Oh, you'd be good at this when you're done, you know? So it was kind of in the back of my head when I got traded from Pittsburgh to Atlanta, they went to the final that year and Sportsnet called me to, um, to come and work the final for them. And I was like, fuck, that's going to suck. I got to go back to Pittsburgh and like, uh-huh. I'm going to be like crying and shit. It's going to suck. Like I played on this team like two months ago. I could be winning a cup uh, right yeah. now. I know. It was just uh. brutal. It was brutal. But I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. So I, I flew from Saskatoon back to Pittsburgh and went. And that's the first time I sat on a panel and like kind of worked the playoffs. We were outside across the street from the old Mellon Arena. And we just did the pregame show and a postgame show with Sportsman at the time. And it was like, it was great to be around it and, and work with those guys like Kipper um john garrett was another guy that um i think is just 
limited his work with the Canucks recently. Yeah. Um, yeah has had a long, great career though. And, uh, you know, be able to work with those kind of guys and, and kind of get my feet wet trying that and seeing what it's like while I was still playing, which was crazy, um, was a good start. And then, you know, as I, when I finished my last year in Sweden, that, that summer I, I flew, I got it set up with my agent to meet with Sportsnet because I was like, I, I want to get going. Yeah. Try something else. So I flew on my own dime out to Toronto, dressed all snazzy, went for a nice lunch with the Sportsnet people and like kind of pitched myself to them on on how I wanted to do this and why I think I could do it. Sweat and... pouring down your back. <laughs> I'll just sweat. <laughs> I'll just swass everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, they brought me in for they brought me in for like three days a month to start for that first year. That's what I did. And I'd come in, I learned how they do meetings, how to prep for shows, um, got on TV a little bit, did a little bit of radio, bounced around the studio a little bit and kind of got my feet wet that first year and then started getting, just building and getting more and kind of built myself to where I am now. Hell yeah. um, so it was, it was, I was glad I didn't wait longer. I was glad I got going right into it right away. And, and, um, uh, it was actually the first year that Rogers Sports and also just just paid that massive amount for the the rights, mm -hmm. the NHL rights. NHL right. So they were like ground floor, just starting out. So they were looking to kind of beef up their staff a little bit. So it kind of was like a perfect storm a little bit for me to and timing wise to, you know, make the decision and try to go for it and and carve out a new career. Well, we Great need decision. more of it. Yeah. We need more of you in Canada. I, yeah. I, we, well, it's entertaining. Like, yeah. like the know? TNT stuff, you know, all that stuff. It's just yeah, next level. Some of the stuff we to... watch on Canadian, yeah. the Canadian content's pretty, pretty lame. You know, yeah. you guys are interesting. You keep it spicy, is the word, I guess. Spicy yeah. down there. The the yeah, I think you know what it is. It's um, it's Real? like you have to explain, um you have to educate a little bit, right? That's what we're doing. And then, you know, the third one is you have to entertain. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's, you can do that lots of ways. Everyone's kind of different, but I think, you know, not, not wanting people to flick the channel and just being a little bit, you know, on the line or a little electric or a little bit yeah. um, excited about, you know, ideas you have, I think can go a long way. And I, I, I can honestly say I, I love hockey. So it's like, I could do this all day. You know, I can, it's like, it's not really work, but I'm like so glad I'm still involved in the game that it's exciting to me. And I love talking about it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's that, that part of it. I've always like enjoyed being kind of the entertainer a little bit, even though I look like a face for radio. It's just like, <laughs> uh, you know, I've you been to a couple <laughs> weddings with Colby and he's, it doesn't matter what he's doing. He's the entertainment. Entertainment. Uh, I'm going to, well, you're not entertained. Yeah. He's good entertainment. <laughs> I always uh, say, just stick a, just stick a quarter in my back and let me rip boys. <laughs> let him go. Let him run. <laughs> <laughs> like a robot. Well, yeah, we appreciate you big time. We've held you for a while. We got a couple more for you before we uh yeah finalize no things. But uh yeah, like I say, we know how busy you are with with all the stuff that's going on. So we do uh we do love the time. But I think there's a funny story about your your pregame ritual. And lots of bull riding guys have different pregame rituals. Yeah. Some a little bit more uh over the edge than others and some have different ways of going about things. Didn't you have a pretty good pregame ritual well, with, what? The, with the penguins of something with Ellen or some fucking thing or what did you, what did oh, you Oh, that? Yeah. You saw that. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Is that what well, me and Sid, we used to get up and he would, he would always get up before me and he'd, I, I, I slept from two to four, two to four. Okay. Sid would sleep from like two to three. 
get up and then they'd like deliver him like a bowl of cereal and he'd like sit in the corner and like <laughs> in the dark and slurping a cereal. But then when it came for like me to get up at four, I would like turn on the channel and like Ellen DeGeneres show would be on for whatever reason. I don't know why. Like she's a beauty though. When she came out, like gets fucking dancing, you know, she, you know, she starts it off like that. So I was like, oh, this is great. So I'd pump, pump out of the bed and said to be sitting there just like shaking his head, like, what are you doing? And I'd just be cranking Ellen dance moves around the room. And he always used to rip on me for that. He used to rip <laughs> on me all the time. But he, I'd come in the room, man, and he wouldn't even have the TV on. I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you don't like background sound? Like you're a nerd or what? He'd just be sitting there stretching. I'm like, what a nerd. Like, get, the TV on. get some sound on. I'd grind him and stuff. I used to try to run a show. Then he got a little older. He started getting strong and we'd wrestle and shit over the, over the TV remote. And he started trying to toss me around. He's a pretty strong guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got some stumps on him. Oh yeah. Sure. He's got the lower legs. half. He's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, and then, and then we'd always with him too, with, with the pregame ritual with that, we'd always go to the, down to the bus or if we were somewhere crazy, we get to go to a cool area. Like, catch a secret cab out the back door or something. And so I got to do all that, like go down to like the elevator for staff at like a hotel and like cut through the kitchen and down a back thing. And then an L and then an, a, a taxi's waiting for us in the back to take us to the rink. It was awesome. I remember one time we were walking to the rink in Montreal and I, I, I convinced him to walk to the, to the rink in Montreal, which is like, <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing. And uh, there's a gas station across the street from the rink from like the one entrance that we kind of go in. And I stopped in there because I wanted to get like an energy drink, which yeah, you need that army. And then I, I, I wheel in there and they have like a life-size cardboard cutout of Sid for like, I think it was like one of those Gatorade commercials he was doing or something. And it was like a life-size uh, cardboard cutout. And me and Sid are in there walking around and it's just like a little like SO gas station. And I wheel over, I grab my drink, I see it. I'm like, hey, I'm like, oh, Sid, check this out. All of a sudden, like the guy in the thing like looked, he's like, holy shit, that's Crosby. Then I looked outside and there's like, there's like they're like scattering towards the gas station somehow like a bat signal everybody's falling uh, oh yeah they started sniffing and then all of a sudden they all started like i looked out there's like one then there's two then there's three i'm like bro we gotta go i just slapped like a couple toonies down got my thing we ran out the door across the street got in there and people were like flocking to that like it was crazy <laughs> just over one thing and making a joke about him having his cardboard cut out at the gas station so yeah it was cool to be around deal. it yeah <laughs> cool to be around it and you never know he's a big deal if you hung out with him though he's just like a He's just like, just like us, just like a regular guy and just really good at hockey and just a really good person. <laughs> really good at it. Did it ever make you feel like shit when you're like rooming with them and you feel like you're doing <laughs> the right thing or you're like, you know, you're working out maybe a little bit and then he's just like 10 times doing it. Oh, more. yeah. <laughs> so oh, I always yeah. get around guys like that where you're like, fuck that guy is really oh buddy like, I'm I have this, uh, oh, buddy, even i have this like mario story like i went to camp it was like my first camp mario's out there and like at the end you do like a horseshoe shooting drill so guys in the corner you do make like a like a horseshoe like from the blue line around the top of the circles kind of thing and just pass shot on the goalie like nothing else so it go you know one guy goes around the horn it's coming around i'm standing next to mario he gets it he just takes like this little wrister like half snap wrister goes in like from long range no screen nothing not even a hard shot i'm like i'm like i get mine i'm like fucking rip it nothing saves it no problem comes around again he gets it he scores again i'm like what the fuck man so i'm like uh, uh excuse me uh mr mr mario um i'm like how how do you how do you do that and he's like what i'm like how like what do you do like when you're shooting you know and he's like 
well, kid, uh, first of all, I take the pass and then I take a quick look and then I shoot it. <laughs> and I was like standing there. I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, he can't even explain to me how good he is, you know? <laughs> it's so easy. That's like Sid though, man. That's the, like, those guys are just different, you know? I just That's take level. a you take the pass. I take a quick look and I shoot it. Oh yeah, well, thanks for the tip on that. <laughs> and all all army's doing is just trying to make sure he gets the pass. Oh yeah, I just don't want to. There's no looking thing. up. It's just <laughs> yeah. concentrate. Oh don't yeah, fuck. yeah. I was don't just like, I hope one. I hope someone's getting a picture of me standing next to Mario right now. That's all I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Mutual friend that we have on this podcast that you have as well, uh, Kelly Taylor. You seen that? Oh, guy what a guy! What a beauty, eh? Speaking. Oh, of what a beauty! First time I ever went and saw him, I was I was maybe like in the minors or maybe playing for the Pens at the time, and my sister's friends with the uh, Catherine Thompson, who her brother. You might know her her brother. And anyways, they they were like, "Hey, we're going to watch this guy on like in Saskatoon at this like dumpy comedy club thingy that they set up at some bar on the west side of the city," and I. I was like, all right, I'm going to go watch him. And he was just hilarious. So I met him there. And then through multiple other things, I happened to run into him because he's like pretty dialed in with the hockey guys. And he yeah. does a lot of different shows. Yeah. And, um, Just an incredible guy. Yeah. So yeah, PA guy, played goalie as a kid, just wildly hilarious and awesome to be around. And uh, yeah, he's, he, he's, he's funny. If, I'm sure you guys talk about him on here, but if you don't, if you haven't seen him, check him out he's he's a he's a he's a he's a like a card like a total card isn't he he's just a oh, hilarious yeah. guy and fun to be around and he crushes everything he's been to that i've been at i've been in tears yeah. every time so yeah he's 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 awesome and i think he's pretty uh, in there with like uh kelly chase now and he does a yeah. lot of nhl alumni events i think he was in florida at the all-star game and did like a, an event for them down there so his comedy is great it's perfect for hockey too just because it's like is it's life you know Sasky life yeah. is husky yeah and he but, doesn't shy uh, away from a good time ever. oh no he slams the beers he's got the coke <laughs> he's got the copy rolling oh he's got it all yeah he's, he's you uh, know what if we had to send a representation for saskatchewan anywhere yeah. he could be the yeah. the number one guy right oh, yeah. does everyone agree here like what does he do pick a guy yeah. does he work this out makes... too he's always shredded. Well, he's per- yeah yeah, upper body shredded. Yeah, he's got to work body. on those sparrow legs, though. <laughs> oh, I know. He we were ripping like, him. No, he's always doing like cross ago. country shit and stuff. Yeah, he's always fucking he's hiking and shit. Right? Yeah, yeah, full on like horseshoeing. Shit. I remember he's posting videos of him horseshoeing up in like northern Sask, and he's just got snot rockets frozen <laughs> to his beard. I'm like, holy Christ! <laughs> really doing that? <laughs> what a beauty! Ah, uh, good. <laughs> Well, Scott, you better hit him with our infamous fucking NFP question there. Well, I, I kind of got a question before. Have you ever heard of the yeah. East Central Hornets? <laughs> the East Central Hornets. No, what is that? <laughs> oh, I was picked first overall with them. You you, you got to look it up. They're a great yeah, team. I gotta, I <laughs> is it the Wild uh, Goose League? Scott's, yeah. Scotty's ready, Reggie Dunlop of the, yeah, the East Central he, Hornets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was so good, I saved my own goals. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, man, I'm in tears right now. It was so good to to talk to you today and uh, and just hear about your experience on not only with the media and and your hockey and everything else, but um, this is the NFP podcast, and you obviously know what our take is on it. What's yours? 
you know what JD asked me about that on the flight and I, I, I told him remember JD I told you I said I got it I know what it is and it was summed up perfectly and it's really simple uh, Garth Butcher told this story at a, a fantasy camp in Saskatoon I was at but it's like exactly what it is it's he, he he's talking about like fighting and hockey or just in general stuff that a lot of times you don't want to do but you got to do it or you have to like you know gut check and man up and get it done and he he told a story about when you're at a bar and a guy grabs your wife or girlfriend's ass <laughs> what do you do and like some guys would probably say like oh nothing i don't know but it's like no you, you fucking break punch him in the face that's what he says <laughs> and he says you don't do it because you want to or you you, you don't do it because you want to you do it because you're supposed to yeah you have to and i think that's the yeah. i think that sums up what it what it, i think that means is doing stuff not because you want to you do it because you're supposed to and and some of the stuff is scary or hard or uh makes you second guess yourself a little bit but um, sometimes you just got to give them a squeeze and just do the, do what you're supposed to do. Saddle nice. up anyway. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be a gold man. Well, I've seen you do that on some of the highlight tapes. Those hits. From, yeah. Now look uh, at my nose behind bud. the net. <laughs> yeah. That sure paid off for me. <laughs> We're not afraid to get into it. That's awesome, man. And like I say, I'm a big fan of uh, the Chicklet Station and the Game Note stuff. Love what you guys are doing Thanks, over guys. there. If anybody hasn't checked that out, make sure and uh, go and check you guys over there. You guys do a great job with that. So, JD, get her done. Get those deals done. Hey, July 1st coming up, babe, bud. You got to you gotta be Working hitting that phone it. hard here in a little bit. <laughs> Dial your guys in. Get them done. Mom uh, needs a new pair of shoes. Yeah, there you go. Exactly right. And uh, Tanner, thanks for having me. Congrats on everything and uh, good job with the rundown and hosting. And I know it's a challenge. Great work. And uh, Scotty, you're a beauty, Hall of Fame bullfighter, legend. Yeah. Uh, it's great to be on with all you guys. Thanks you for too, having me. You too, man. If you ever want to come, any uh, any rodeo, bull riding, yeah. Stampede, yeah. whatever year, whenever you're around somewhere down there, we got lots better of... than the other connection I have. PBR events. <laughs> yeah. no, that's a pretty that's a pretty entertaining one. But, yeah. yeah, we might be able to get you in a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> love it boys thanks yeah. boys. all right buddy yeah. appreciate it arm dog i owe you yeah. one thank you thanks, no you owe me anything all right boys thanks, thanks for coming you, on. Nashville.